0: Welcome to the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. I have a very special guest, my old boss, my old uh, road dog uh, (laughs) from almost 25, 30 years ago. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Lou Kohler from Sick of It All. Good morning, sir. What's up? I know you're sick of talking about yourself because you guys are working on a book right now, so I'm sure you're like talking on the phone so much, right? Yeah, we're trying, you know. I'm good. what's What's the book called you guys are working on? I think I think Pete said too. Uh, we haven't. There's no name. We yet. We haven't
1: had a... I don't know. There was there was like some names thrown around, uh, some about the blood and the sweat or something like yeah. that. But me and Pete aren't settled on anything yet. I mean, yeah. they want to call it that, but we don't know what yeah. we're going to call it.
0: Um, so I kind of heard s- some of your story be- through Pete, but obviously, um, you guys are brothers. Everybody knows that. And being in the band with the brothers is <laughs> is fun and stressful. I-, I deal with that shit myself. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But how, but how are you in, how, how are you in school? Like, how are you in high school? Did you, did you, did you like school? Did you fucking, did you graduate?
1: No, I fucking hated school. I, you know, <laughs> and it, it's, I just, I don't know what it was. You know, I was bored sometimes. Yeah. It depended on the class. Sometimes I, I got into it. I, I think I was just, it, it's funny now what well my teacher said was true. I was just lazy. I just didn't want to sit there and write shit. You know, yeah. I knew the answers and all that, but I want to write this stuff out. Yeah. You know? Um, but, uh, no, I, I left high school. I went to a, a school for graphic arts and all that stuff, but then they got budget cuts, and all my classes that I was really into got cut. Oh, and shit. I got stuck in these other classes that I didn't like, which yeah. is stupid, because I, I, one of them was fashion designing, and... <laughs> i just didn't want to be there i don't know why but it it was dumb because i was like the one of two straight guys in the whole room you know every gorgeous girl was in that in that class and the thing is i had a knack for it the teacher would be like do this assignment i was like yeah whatever and i'd come up with some crap and then she'd be like this is really inventive and i'd look at her like are you crazy i just made that (laughs) shit up out of my head and she's like no this is great but then i i just (laughs) didn't want to be in school anymore yeah uh i started i started being a street vendor with my friend uh tom farkas on the weekend oh and We tom were Franks. like let's go ahead yeah yeah <laughs> we, were, we were like let's just cut the fuck out and do this during the week because we were making money we were like yeah, yeah let's go make money <laughs>
0: it's well, but we're... i got
1: my ged later oh you did later <laughs>
0: yeah well did you play sports in school or no
1: uh, no, I played outside. I, I was into, yeah. I played little league as a kid, you know, baseball I liked. And then, uh, we got into soccer and I loved it. Oh shit! Pete were really good at it. I got, oh, wow. I got trophies and shit. Oh, wow. But, uh, but then, but then much like a lot of my other friends' stories who were you know, really good at sports and had potential, I was like, oh shit, music. It <laughs> <You know? laughs> ruins
0: everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pul- <laughs> punk rock ruined my life.
0: So... Did did you did you get did you get Pete into the music or he got you into it like how'd you guys?
1: No, we we both got into it at the same time. Like, because yeah. our older brothers were into like you know hard rock and and we were like, oh, what are they listening to? And we you know they would play a shit you know like old, old stuff like Deep Purple and Leonard Skinner and, and we liked it, but we yeah. always gravitated more towards the the up tempo shit. You know, yeah. The, the more and then my then my oldest uh the one who's a year older than me. My brother Matt brought home uh uh. Plasmatics, New Hope for the Wretched, and oh, I was like, shit. whoa, you know, cause, yeah. you know, you hear Black Sabbath, and you love it, and all the metal, we were into Judas Priest and Maiden, but then that shit came, and it was just like, Next level. You know, we never stopped liking the metal, but that was just another level, yeah. yeah, insanity, come on, monkey suit, it was just insane.
0: And then, um, and then, do you start going to shows, you guys started going to shows together?
1: Yeah, yeah, we went together. You know, we went to big rock shows and all that, but then we started going to CBGBs together. When uh, we met Armand in high school, and uh, he was the one of was telling us about, you know, like, you know, New York shows. And he played this like Negative Approach, and then he's like, you know, there's a New York scene, and we talked about it. And he was telling me how he went to see Negative Approach. And at that time, I, you know, everybody, like everybody else, I was I started reading uh, Maximum Rock and Roll and yeah. all these other fanzines. Yeah. And I got uh, uh what do you call it uh. I sent away for a Corrosion Conformity's first album <laughs> and I became Pen pals with the guitar player Woody. Oh and, shit. And uh, they played they played CB's and I think it was Leeway's first matinee because they opened up the show. Oh wow. So I saw them at I saw them, yeah. Uh and then we got a flyer and it said uh what do you call it? Victim in pain, uh, uh Agnostic Front, uh homecoming show or something like that. Oh, you know, it was shit. like they're returning from their victim in pain tour. Yeah. And that was it, man. We went to that show, and that was it. We were like, yeah, we're coming here every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, was it couldn't sc- beat it, man. Five bucks.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys were young, too, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we were in a late, probably late teens at that time.
0: Yeah. Was it scary going to shows at CBs when you were that young at first? Or
1: Well, it's funny because I remember the show Armand talked about him going to see Negative Approach, and uh, I think they were opening for Flipper. Oh and shit! I remember going down and looking across, you know, across Bowery, and being like, "I'm not going across there. That's scary
0: <laughs> as hell." <laughs> Look at across that. the tracks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. So, and then, were you? W- what were you interested in doing? You said you're going to do some graphic design stuff like that. What were you doing at that time? As far as like, like, what was your goals at that time? Like, what you wanted to do.
1: I never really had a plan yeah. you know I loved comic books but I wasn't I didn't I didn't think I was good enough to draw comic books and again it was all due to discipline
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it's funny I didn't I, I like I said I quit the uh, art and the high school of art and design and my friends who graduated all were working jobs that had nothing to do with art and then yeah. one day I went for this job at a uh, a rug factory <laughs> and uh, yeah it's weird it was it's in random. the art department and I got it oh shit <laughs> We made rugs for we made rugs for we made rugs for Peter Frampton, Michael Jackson. Oh shit! For the shit. State Department, yeah, it was crazy. Wow,
0: <laughs> what year was that in the eighties?
1: <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that was right. It was like eighty, right when the band started, like okay. around eighty-six. Yeah, and then I remember in eighty-eight or eighty-nine, I think it was eighty-nine. The Bad Brain it was, it was coming up on summertime, and me and Pete had this uncle in France you know, because my mother's French and he had a farm and he he calls my mom and he says like, Hey, see if you, if Lou and Pete want to come over, they can work with me on the farm four days a week. And then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I have an apartment in Paris. And he goes, what else would two young men want, but to be live in Paris on the weekends. And we were like, Oh shit, that's awesome. And we were thinking of quitting everything to do that. And then all of a sudden. They're like, "Hey, the Bad Brains want you to do a, a you know like a week and a half tour of the Midwest and West Coast. It'd be you guys' leeway and the Bad Brains." And I was like, "Shit, do I become a French farmer or I, <laughs> you know, I just really no no choice." You know? Holy
0: shit, that's crazy!
1: Yeah,
0: it, you mean your brother living in Paris it would be so sick. That's fucking.
1: Oh, would have been insane. So then it you been d- fun, you know? So
0: that was the first kind of tour for you guys.
1: Yeah, well, that was we did a, a short. East Coast Run. Yeah. Yeah, we did shows on our own, but then we did an East Coast Run uh, with Exodus in 88, right before wow. the album came out. Yeah. You know? And wow. and it was funny. We got that by accident. Like, uh, some band Annihilator was supposed to be on it. And then uh, they they couldn't do it for some reason. And at the last minute, Exodus came. They were in the, a record label's office because they were on combat. We were on an effective all yeah. under Relativity. And it was just like, Hey, come in the. You know what, what bands do you have? We need a band, and they were like, "Well, sick of it all, I could do it." And they were like, "New York hardcore, Oh, that's crazy, let's do it." <laughs> <laughs> Gary Holt, who plays in Slayer now too, he he was fucking. They were great. The whole band yeah. was great to us, you know. Yeah, it was awesome. And that was a different different
0: crowd too, for sure. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I feel
0: I feel like I feel like, I feel wild. like you, I feel like you guys always have done that from from the beginning of. Play with different bands, not just hardcore bands. And I think it's smart, you know.
1: Well, we we saw things like at that time there was every once in a while you'd see like you know Agnostic Front open up for Slayer in like fucking Ohio, yeah, or you know Corrosion of Conformity with Slayer or somebody like that, yeah. And we were like, man, that's that's so smart. And to us, we loved hardcore so much and how open it was and how you know it's not rock star bullshit, mm-hmm. you know. And we were like. We want to spread the word to everybody. But if you just play hardcore shows, these people know it already.
0: You know? Yeah, it's true.
1: So we would try to play with, you know. I mean, we do. We play with, God, so many different styles. You know, like you guys do. Yeah. Oh, we do a Boston's tour and a Rancid tour, but yep. then we go out with Helmet and fucking Sepultura and yeah. all
0: that shit. You know? So smart. I mean, the new, on the new Titans on the Block tour was fucking crazy. Like Sacred <laughs> Right, Sepultura, Sacred Right, oh. Napalm Death, sick of it all. Sharing the bus with Napalm Death. Fucking insane tour, dude.
1: Oh, that was great. That was such it a diverse funny man. Because people, the fans, fans don't know. They're like, oh, it's so different. I remember, remember we had that day off, but uh, us and Napalm Death went and played in Lawrence, Kansas at the outhouse. Yes. And I remember going to that show and kids coming up and going, like, after our set, they were like, Oh man, we were all scared. We thought you guys all went grindcore. We're like, what do you mean? Because <laughs> you play with Napalm Death? And us Napalm Death, like, we all love the same music. We grew up loving the same exact mm-hmm. music, but theirs came out like that, and ours came out like this. Totally.
0: You know? That shit was fucking. There was some. <laughs> I remember Allentown, Pennsylvania, and fucking.
1: No, that that tour started in a riot in Pennsylvania <laughs> and ended in a riot in Seattle. <laughs> 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 remember that, that what was that bad fourth century we oh yeah the, Oh God. but there was a one, the one
0: i don't know what the one tour was where there was dudes in the crowd messing messing with um uh a mexican kid and you stopped the show and said something to him and you went into the crowd and then the riot broke out that was to- i forgot what that was oh right? that was arizona yeah that
1: was in uh arizona yeah that's in uh, us. It was us, Biohazard and, and uh, Fear Factory. Oh, okay. Well, Fear Factory did most of, it, but that night was uh, Fear Factory. Dude, yeah, you remember that? And the kid, I was like, hey, we didn't come here to see you beat up people. And the guy goes, yeah, yeah, we didn't come here to hear your speeches. Just play your music. And next thing I know, Pete was in the crowd. <laughs> <beat him. laughs> that was crazy. I was like, oh shit. I, we, and then we all looked at each other. Up, we just going in.
0: Dude, it was so crazy. I saw like I saw Craig shadow boxing in the corner, getting ready, and it was all. <laughs> And there was all kinds of shit. I mean, I got punched by a girl and then like I just it was just a crazy and then we came outside, it was like helicopters and fucking police it was so crazy, dude. Uh,
1: I remember there was a line of police separating the, the, the Nazis and us and they were yelling she's like, go back to New York <laughs> It was like,
0: What does that mean? That was a that was a, I remember though Go ahead.
1: The guy who talked shit to me. I remember he had a silver swastika around his neck, and I remember punching him as hard as I could in the face. And he ducked after I hit him. He grabbed his face. Then I got hit in the side of the head. And I look, and the guy's like towering over me. And all of a sudden, he gets hit in the face, and it was Craig. Oh was, shit! People hitting people left and right. It was so stupid.
0: Dude, I think I think Minus uh, was on tour with us too. I think Minus maybe. And oh yeah,
1: dude. Yeah, that was a
0: that was a crazy <laughs> tour, man. Oh
1: my, my! Wait, do you remember this? Pete told this story, but I remembered it different. Remember Jerry was on a table and a bouncer was holding back a bunch of the Nazi guys and he was on a table. And he had one of those plastic beer pitchers mm-hmm. and he was all scared because of the fight. And, and the, the bouncer's going, get out of here, get out of here. And he's like standing behind Jerry going, throw it, throw it. <laughs> and Jerry didn't know what to do. And he throws it and it just flies and he doesn't hit any of the Nazis. He hits the bouncer in the head. It's like this little boink. And it fell and the bouncer goes, fuck this. And he lets all the Nazis go. Oh, holy uh, shit. It fucking crazy. I don't know what
0: other toilet was, too, where there was a guy who was like throwing beer from the ba- from the balcony at you guys while you're playing. And he's just a drunk that guy hitting uh, you guys.
1: Yeah, that was in uh, Ohio. I forget which.
0: City, you're right. But and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere. The
1: balcony was low enough. Yeah. To the stage where. He, he, did he He's that climb up Or did he run around on the outside I feel door? like he came
0: out from behind just dragged him into the darkness man
1: <laughs> Yeah <laughs> remember that It started like He beat up everybody in that balcony And then The bouncers came running up to us To go Hey the cops are coming You guys better get out of here <laughs> They were on our side It was
0: That crazy. was crazy too Because it was like Totally suspect dudes in the crowd it was, it was a weird vibe man That was just
1: Yeah Well that was It was the last song Okay And the uh, I happened to be standing on the balcony, and he dumped his whole pitcher of beer on me. And That's I, right. I looked over like, "What the fuck?" And the next thing I know, he's actually like beating him up. Dude, just <laughs> so cra- just crazy
0: good. tours back there. Even even like fucking when you guys took corn on tour. That was crazy too. That
1: yeah, crazy. but they were the cool guys. You know, they yeah. turned out to be great guys. Yeah. You know? it, it's funny because I remember the first show we played with them. It, it was in Georgia, and, and we were all doing sound check. And they were all sitting at the bar eating, and I sat down next to them. and I was like, hey, what's up, guys? And they were all kind of like, hey, how you doing? Like, all oh, kind of shy? Yeah. And I was like, that's really weird, you know? Yeah. But then years later, getting to know them and talk to them, and they were telling us, like, I, I said to them one day, I was like, man, the first time we met, you guys all sat at the bar? and Like, I said hello, and, I thought, and you, you guys didn't really respond. or You kind of uh, standoffish, and they were like, you don't understand. We only had a few other tours before that. Where we had to open for somebody And everybody were assholes to us and I Damn. was like, really? And they told stories about all these bands You know, that were just dicks to them
2: Because wow. they were
1: your, your soundtrack's over Or you do not get a soundtrack today And this and that Damn And, you were like, no.
0: and then they fucking blew the fuck but up it's yeah,
1: crazy Yeah, but they were cool they, they were funny Because we did that 97 Warp Tour And I remember playing in uh, in Philly Mm-hmm. and we're playing our set, and we're having a great set, and I look on the side of the stage, and these two dudes with dreads, like, bopping around, and I'm like, oh, he's just walked through a dirt ass and checking us out. <laughs> and then we walk off the stage, and it's fucking the guitar players, that a Head and Monkey. Oh, yeah. And i like, oh, shit, what are you doing here? And they were like, I go, you're a Lollapalooza. And they were like, yeah, we had the day off, and we said, we're going to see Sick of it all. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, that's fucking, fucking cool awesome, shit. man. Yeah. That's amazing.
0: Um, yeah, so- we
1: ran into them years Years later, and they were like, uh, you know, we hung out, we, we said hello to him, and then uh, that guy, Monkey looks at us, he goes, yep, you're just like us, man, we're all fucking lifers, he goes, what else are we going to do, you know? Yeah, man. So I'm not going to, what, am I going to be a mailman? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of that, when did you realize that Sick With All was, like, it was going really, obviously, you guys are doing really well, then building and building and, and, and getting bigger, and you realize it was like, holy shit, we could actually do this for, like, a career. Was there a moment? Or no?
1: It was weird. It was like, I didn't think that, you know, there was glimpses where you thought, wow, we're going to break really big, just like new metal did. It was around the same time as like the mid nineties, Yeah, you know, but we never hit where we were like, Oh, you're a fucking household name. We got really huge in Europe and we're kind of like that where generations still know us, but you know, it's not like a corn or something like that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, around 97, I was like, holy shit, we made no, I don't have to work a day job right now.
2: Yeah. You know?
1: and it, Which wasn't bad. You know? Yeah. So, so it's, it's like, I still have that aspiration to try. And it's, it's really kind of dumb to still believe in that because you're such an, we're such an older band mm-hmm. and young, you, you know, the deal younger, yeah. younger generations might know your name and they might hear the stories about how even their, their favorite band will tell them you have to see. Like, you know, oh, go see fucking Madball Because they are mm-hmm. they are the reason we're a band Those kids, 90% of them Could give a shit yeah. No matter how good Madball is Or you are, yeah. or sick of it all is Those kids are like, yeah, but they're old men <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: it's true it's
2: But t- I
1: still have that kind of answer. I think it balances the band out You have like, our mind who's rooted In complete, like We just have to stay the course And then there's more like me and Pete Who still kind of want to, let's keep reaching you know, mm-hmm. and I think it helps because it it still pushes you forward, both aspects of it. You know.
0: Yeah, totally. What what was the last job you worked? Do you remember?
1: Uh, I think it was the the mailroom job that we, we
0: The had. concrete marketing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think that was it. Oh. I would go back and forth. Like every once in a while, I'd go back and work for them. Put oh, you did? Which, yeah. yeah. It must have been. Yeah. Nice. But, you remember
0: that? Yeah, we used to work me. So me, Pete, and Lou used to work at Concrete Marketing. People that are listening, and we worked like in the mailroom. Yeah, Temple of the Dog and Nirvana, all the grunge t- cassettes, all that oh, shit. Yeah. And then um I think we sometimes you throw them out the window and say they were smashed shit on Broadway, and we throw them on Broadway or something. <laughs> it was cr- yeah. I remember they would when when the
1: when whatever whatever record we were working. Like remember that band Extreme and we worked uh like three of their albums. I remember the whatever the last album was when when the it finished there when their contract was up with with our marketing company. The boss would go destroy all this material because if they sent it back to the label, the label would be like you didn't send this out oh, to everybody. Oh shit, you're right. <laughs> so we'd have to smash records and CDs and tapes, and there was uh, you and Pete were throwing. <laughs> You're throwing extreme cassettes all over Broadway, it would look like a ticker tape parade. <laughs> I just remember the boss coming to me. I came into work one day and he's like, Hey Lou, not you know, not Kevin, not none of our managers. Bob, whatever. Mm-hmm. He came and he goes, Hey Lou, I'm walking to work today. I see fucking tape all over the street and then I find a, an extreme a broken <laughs> extreme cassette. I go, Ah, I must have fell out of the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so we're throwing him out the he goes, window. You gotta, you gotta, you, he goes, "You got to destroy him better." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, okay.
0: Did you work at Road Runner Two?
1: They were hanging from the the lamppost, the Oh tape. my god, dude! Uh, did you work
0: at Did you work at Road Runner two No, he didn't do that, right? No,
1: no, that was you and Pete. Yeah, you know, and then I would do like uh I remember you guys did some demolition work and I would do stuff in Queens with my brothers. I worked yeah. work their, their uh, construction jobs, you know. Yeah, we helped build That sa- was all in between.
0: Help help build the sound factory. Me, Pete, Ezek and Sick of an Owl, And We were working with asbestos yeah. and oh my god, dude it was so crazy. <laughs> Ezek clocked us out. Somebody clocked us out and said, "Yo, we quit." And we we had no choice and we quit that day. I forgot what happened. It was fucking It was so crazy. <laughs>
1: But I remember the stories that Pete would tell me. He's like, you guys have to go. Like, all right, you guys got to sweep up this whole floor. And you would like, you take brand new brooms and you would break the handles and go, Oh, we got no, we got no brooms. And then the foreman would tape them together here. And
0: then we had these busted ass brooms you had to try to sweep up shit with.
2: Uh,
1: oh
0: fuck, man. Nobody wanted to. do you know? No. So, and then then obviously like. What some other tours they did? Well, I mean, the Europe tour was sick. Uh, H2O, Siv, um, Sick all Tour for like six weeks. That was crazy, man. That was...
1: That was, yeah. It was a long tour, but it was so much
0: fun. It really was, man. So, like, it, 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 go ahead.
1: We, we did a couple of... Well, we did that one big show with Madball and Agnostic Front in Berlin. That's right. That was a great one. Vinny Stigman made fun of uh, all the guys in Siv for bleaching their hair. He was... <laughs> 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 He's like, "What is it? When did hardcore go to the beauty parlor?"
2: <laughs> and we
0: used to have crazy fights on the bus, like pillow fights, just all kinds of shit. And then, like,
1: oh my, no! Remember the first tour we took, uh, Snapcase on? That's right. Europe? That's right. And and you would <laughs> remember you would get you would challenge everybody bust the bus to fight, and the whole, You you beat up all the Snapcase, not you know, yeah, yeah, uh, for the listeners, not like yeah. tough guy fight. It was just yeah. fun, hilarious. As if you would call Craig out, you i know, calling Craig out because he sold out straight edge.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, shit. Uh, Do you remember, um, um, shit, we still always, remember how we still always use the phones in the offices because we had no cell phones and we run up these phone bills long distance? Dude.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember finding, uh, like, that club, the milk bag, uh, finding the, uh. In Amsterdam And we found the side office That was unlocked And we all just get on the phone And call everybody And, <laughs> and even if you, if you call home You talk to your parents Or your girlfriend or whatever, Yeah He was like Hey let's call so and so
0: And then like MAD Get like hit us up Oh we got a phone bill From fucking Chemnitz Or whatever the fuck you play at
1: <laughs> Yeah And we are like No it wasn't us They were like It was the day you were there It was like No it wasn't
0: And then how about Pete uh, was calling me the berserker Because I guess that one day I forgot what it was I guess T.S. And those, I, I feel like.
1: Oh wait, wait, wait! <laughs> I know what you're talking about. We were in Lisbon, Portugal,
0: in the gymnasium.
1: And, uh, yeah, the, the above the club, the backstage was a gymnasium. Yeah. And we were all just hanging out, and, and Charlie and and uh, and Sammy from Sid were giving you crap, like yeah. messing around with you, messing around with you all day. And they kept like whatever, just bugging you. <laughs> and then you, you were like, child, you came walking out from somewhere, I guess the bathroom, in just your sneakers. And he said, "You guys want to go? Come on!" And they remember them running and screaming.
0: Yeah, I think I rubbed shit All on myself is, too.
1: That's right. You said you said you want a piece of this. and You were naked. And They laughed, and then you shit in your hand <laughs> and rubbed it on your chest. And that's <laughs> it. I remember Sid and me, Sid and me gagging and just like I, I lay. I sat back. Oh God, please don't come at me.
0: <laughs> I think I chased Sammy and those guys around like in their Fred Perry's.
1: Oh, yeah, they were running and screaming for their lives. That was... Yeah, oh, <laughs> we used to do stupid shit. Dude, the
0: fucking... <laughs> the ropes everywhere and fucking, dude.
1: Oh, <sighs> my God. You tell people about the ropes, huh? That's
0: Yeah, I mean, people best ta- well,
1: <laughs> Go ahead. Like, to me, one of my favorite... Remember, we were... Uh, I think it was Long Island, but we were with... It was that, that biohazard sheer territory. Yeah. And... We remember, Paul standing in the hall, you know, and Paul from Sheer Terror. He's tough. Yeah. He's not like a, a bragging tough guy. He's just a, a hard man. Totally. He hard, blah, blah, blah. And we were like, hey, come here, come here, check this out. And you were standing on a chair in one end of the, the room, a uh, corner of the room, and the other corner the room was a pizza box. And he shot a rope <laughs> of shit across into the pizza box. And he just looked at us like, oh, like, yeah, you guys must be hard pressed for entertainment. But when yeah. he went in the hallway, he was running around. To, Those guys are crazy. Did you <laughs> see what they're doing in there? <laughs> he just shocked all from pure terror. That was, that was one of my favorite stories.
0: It's funny, dude, because because <laughs> now people comment on my my Instagram sometimes, like a private account. Hey, rope master. Hey, pussy brother. Like, motherfucker, you weren't even there back then. You weren't even fucking around. You had to yeah. be there. It was a moment in time, and I think it started from like becoming vegetarian and going to Europe. And you know that fucking vegetarian slop backstage, and just. I just remember, the, I remember Armand, I Armand Arman, Arman was so obsessed with it, he loved watching it, and like, you're gonna rope, you're gonna rope today, you're gonna rope today, and just follow me around to see, no, I'm gonna take a normal shit, leave me alone. Oh my god, dude. He was so obsessed with it. But
1: he's, he's always been obsessed with shit. Like, when we would go to, uh, a couple of years later, remember, we all went to South America, to Argentina yeah. together, but yeah. years later, like, when we... When you weren't there, uh-huh. uh, we would be drive. They pick us up from the airport. We're driving. Oh my! be like look, look, and everybody's looking like, oh, is it some beautiful sight? No, it was a dog shitting on the side of the road. Oh my god, and they, dude! <laughs> and everywhere, and I remember driving, and the the promoter goes, oh Armand, look to your right. And he's like, what? And he goes, look, a dog shitting. And he goes, I know what you like. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's crazy. Uh, oh, you
0: remember? Um, remember the Manchester shit too? The Manchester riot that was nuts. With the bootleggers, oh, yeah,
1: that was that was on that SIP. Yeah, the with you guys sip. the bootleggers oh because my uh, God. in Berlin, the boot the English bootleggers. That's when Sick of It All was, you know, huge in yeah. Europe. We we're on MTV, all that crap. Yeah. So they had actual bootleggers, and it's just something that you deal with. But Mad went to be tough, and they uh, they all went out there and they roughed up the bootleggers. They stole their uh, their shirts, Damn. which you know, rightfully so. It's a, they made them. Yeah. And then. Uh, the guy said, yeah, we'll see you in Manchester. Of course, Mark wasn't in Manchester, just us.
2: Mm-hmm. remember
1: we were all backstage, and we saw a group of the guys go, what are those guys doing towards the bus? And they tried to throw a beer keg through the bus. Yes, window I remember that. Yeah. Of a double-decker bus. They're idiots. And they wrote, and Man- wrote Manchester out.
0: Mafia on the side of the bus or something? Or Yeah.
1: That
0: was My favorite
1: part of that is all of us running down. And remember T.S., our roadie, the other roadie? Yeah. Do you remember T S? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. grabbed a big iron pole and he runs out and it's like we're like, we ran out to fight these guys. And here comes this couple walking down the street and he goes, Is this the guy? And he hits the guy <laughs> with his girlfriend with a pipe in the arm. Oh, and I go, What are you fuck. crazy? He, he goes, Oh, sorry. And he runs at somebody else. Oh, Some like, random. Yeah, person, this is gonna turn dude. out good. What about He's full of innocent bystanders?
0: <laughs> what about on tour? I remember me. Yeah.
1: It was either me and Charlie or me and Sammy. We looked at each other. I know Sammy, me and Charlie were standing there. we like, "Fuck!" And I remember you had a giant jar mayonnaise and yes. threw it in a guy's face. That yes. was all. And then <laughs> Sammy goes, "Hey, guys!" And me and Charlie look back, and you had a garbage can full of bottles. We just started whipping bottles. At Holy
0: shit, dude!
1: <laughs> you <And> know, it's, <laughs> it's real la- people. People thought it was dangerous. It was just. I never felt like we were gonna die. You no. know, it was all just dumb kid stuff. Just
0: imagine having so cell we phones back then, too. Holy shit!
1: Oh my god, It'd be all on. Some guy would be standing outside, be like a world star. <laughs> world star. You
0: know, another. You no, know I wish. I wish we had cameras for. Is when we were on tour on the New Titans tour, and EK bleached his hair, and then he decided to go into oh a chlorine pool. And for some reason, he yeah. looked like Rocky Dennis from Mask. It was-
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> nobody believes and the thing that sucks is there's, there were two polaroids yeah. taken of his head that size and umbar who oh. sadly passed away oh, he yeah. had them damn so we can't get them you know nobody knows where umbar's family moved to and i don't want to yeah. be like hey i know your son passed away can we, we get these through, pictures do you have any of his stuff left yeah you know? but you could see but that was see- freaky remember damn. remember waking up and uh Hey, there's something wrong with e- with Ek. Was like what? You go, and his head was three times the size of what it used to be. It looked like a, wearing a Mardi Gras head, <laughs>
2: mm. and you could
0: see his ears popped out from behind. They were like, it really was swollen. crazy,
1: so crazy. And then they had to, so we had to rush him to the hospital. And they were just like, yeah, you have an infection because of all the chemicals you put on your head, and then going into a chlorine pool. Yeah, and they had to tilt him almost upside down, and they would f- squeeze his head. To get the pus out <laughs> Like a Are giant you
0: serious temple. dude Yeah maybe he had yeah, to, had to maybe... Wrap them, And
1: then they wrapped Warm towels around it to, to draw it out too It's insane I
0: remember he had the towels Wrapped around his head He looks so crazy too. <laughs> his face <You> remember was...
1: <laughs> We had Remember the, the road manager That we shared With Napalm Death We oh, went yeah. to his room We were like hey We got We need we, we need to take EK To the hospital He goes why What's the matter And EK walks in With the towel around And says what happened And he goes like We go show him I remember, Ek took it off, and he was like, "Oh my god!" He picked up the phone and he put it down. He's like, "Oh my god!" He picked up the phone and he put it down, and then Ek goes, "Man, I look fucked up!" And we all just fell down laughing.
0: <laughs> he can't even explain uh, it on this podcast, but his face was so swollen. It's, it looks uh, it looked like a looked like really fake to, like yeah. makeup from a movie, dude. It looked like yeah,
1: dude. <laughs> he did. He looked like he looked like somebody blew his head up like a balloon. Like Mr. Mackey from fucking South Park when he got his <laughs> eye around his head, Okay. Um
0: so would you say that scratch the surface is like was the biggest like pinnacle for you guys? Like the biggest
1: without, I think to, to reaching outside of the hardcore scene, that end to yeah. a certain extent built to last. Oh yeah, true. And then we uh then we uh you know We were tired they wanted us to stay on the major label and Mm -hmm. maybe we should have, but who knows if we could, we would have got lost, Who knows how the next record would have came out. Yeah. Uh, But we got tired of the major label. Our contract was up. Yeah. And to get off of it, we were doing a 97 warp tour. And it was funny because in a major label, the different departments don't really talk to each other. So the people who were going to try to renew our contract weren't really talking to the, uh, the, Finance people, so we hit up the finance people. We need tour support. We took as much as they would give us, and we got the best bus we could. <laughs> and we tried to we tried to make ourselves look like yeah, we're not a good you know we're not good for the label. Yeah, they didn't give a shit because that was still the nineties. Yeah, then, you know. Yeah, you know, Napster and all that was still like a year or so away or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, that Warped Tour was fun. That was a great one. It was, yeah. and
0: then um, then and next, the only, Go ahead.
1: No, I was gonna say the only reason we got it though was because uh, Helmet was supposed to be on it. They had, they had agreed okay. to it. But then but then Paige got uh, convinced by uh, the guy from Jesus Lizard, was like, what are you going to do? Play to teenage skaters? That's what you're going to play to? Like he played up to Paige's artsy side. Oh.
2: And it was like, why
1: not, man? So yeah. they pulled out of the tour. And then we, luckily Steve Martin, our manager, was hanging out with Kevin Lyman. He goes like, you know, because he, Steve did press for Helmet and yeah. for the Warped Tour, and they were talking. He goes, like Why don't you just put Sick of It All on again? And he was like, Yeah, okay.
0: That's fucking awesome. <laughs> and that was
1: it. He didn't want to have us on there because uh, on the first Warped Tour, Pete beat up that Nazi guy, and then uh, Warped Tour got sued. We got sued. Was that in Philly? Sued. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because even to this date, when we, we did the Warped Tour in 2017, all these bands came up to us and he goes, Hey, Kevin Lyman told me to ask you why we have to get our own insurance for the warp tour. And he goes, when we asked him, he goes like, "As sick of it all." (laughs) And I would not have to tell the story, and everybody would laugh, or they'd be like, "Oh, that's okay."
0: Did he jump in the crowd or something? Who, Pete? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The guy we were playing the show. I think there. He was standing on the on the the edge of the pit, just clocking kids. Like, Mm -hmm. he was huge. He was a big dude. So he's hitting all these kids. and Everybody was scared because he had a reputation in that in that area. Mm. And then as we were finishing, Pete's girlfriend at the time told him that's the guy who she went to a show like a, a week before. And that guy was picking on a little kid. And she went over and tried and said, hey, this kid's half not even half your size, blah, blah. And he was like, get out of here and shoved her. And then somebody grabbed him. And yo, that's the guy from Sick of it All's girlfriend. And he apologized to her. And she went, no, that's not going to cut it. So she was the catalyst that told Pete, oh, that's the guy who pushed shit. me. Shit. So Pete jumps in, and he didn't really even beat the guy up. He jumped in the crowd, and the guy, he, he went up to the guy and he said, You know who I am? And the guy was like, What, what? And Pete hit him. And the guy was huge, but one shot in the face, and he went down.
0: Damn. But when
1: he went down, every kid that he had punched in the pit jumped and beat the shit out <sighs> of this guy. So Fuck. Pete, in reality, Pete hit him once. Yeah. Everybody else kicked him into the- I remember. Going into the crowd with... Uh, remember Tiny?
2: Yeah.
0: Rest in peace. Remember Tiny, Tiny yeah. was on
1: that tour. Tiny was a big... Uh, he used to be a suicidal... For the listening... He was, was a suicidal uh, uh, bodyguard. He was a yes. huge guy. Sweetheart. And he me, yo, your brother's in a fight. So we ran over there. And the fight was over. And this guy stood up. And it looked like he had lumps all over his face. And I was like, Pete did this. And they were like... They were like, no. The whole crowd beat him up. Now, this is where hardcore gets weird. Because this guy, all of a sudden he had pictures like a year later. It's like a year after all of a sudden we get sued. And all of a sudden there's photos of Pete hitting the guy. And then the guys, I'm like, and there's photos of T.S. hitting the guy with a rubber hose across the face. Are you serious? And all these kids kicking them, kicking him when he, when the guy hit the ground and (sighs) we were in the lawyer's office. The lawyer goes, do you know anybody in these photos? I'm like, Nope. And our manager at the time, Maria Mogg, Looks that's T S, you can't tell that's i S. I'm like, Shut the fuck
0: Oh my up? god oh, <laughs> I'm,
1: shit. Like, I'm like, for a woman who works in hip hop, you don't know about no squealing? <laughs> Protect- what the going on here?
0: <laughs> so they sued you guys and the Tour tried to?
1: <laughs> they sued all of us and we all had to pay. All of us paid money. Tour had to pay shit. the security of that whatever that venue was in Philly and us. We all lost like, you know, Almost ten grand each, or ten Damn, grand each, or something
0: dude. like that. It's
1: funny because yeah, no was, phones
0: I, back then either. So who got the fucking somebody taking photos on the camera and then giving them to somebody? Yeah, it was a, a guy
1: actually took photos, printed them, and it was just like you know, it was somebody who was a photographer and he didn't. I guess he was a, a punk kid or, or whatever, but he didn't know that this guy was a Nazi and that he had kicked the shit out of. Yeah, you know? and when we went to court. We talked to even the judge was like. No matter what this guy did, did and he even had a police record of being a bully and all this oh, stuff. He wow. goes like, I'm sorry. You know, you guys, legally, he wins because you guys beat the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, the crowd and, you know, Yeah. So. Holy fucking so, I, wonder, yeah.
0: I wonder how those photos got from that guy to, like, the victim. It's so
1: weird, dude. Guy, I remember, it was so weird. I was standing there with Tiny. And uh, what, what's the what was the other big the guy he'd always worked the warp Tour security with the beard?
2: Mm. Oh, Kenny, he? he's still no, there.
1: I don't know. I don't remember his name, but he's a really nice guy. He was at music. Was he was at music. Talking. Yeah. Yeah, I was standing there talking to him, and him, and uh, and Tiny, and this girl comes and goes. Yeah, big tough guys, twenty on one. And I look at her, I go, do you know what this fucking guy did? He hits women. He hit little kids. I go, did you see who was hitting him? There's 20 little kids That he hit And she was just like Whatever And it's like People didn't know Mm -hmm. And it was really weird to me And so this photographer went up Hey I got pictures of the whole thing And told him That guy
2: Oh fuck
0: So Being Obviously I've been in the band With my brother for a long time too He's not in the band no more But he comes back and forth But Is it Being in the band with your brother Has it it always been Is it like just up and downs Or has it always been awesome Or is it Is it hard sometimes
1: no, it, it's it's been better than bad. You know, there are yeah. some times where at odd about stupid things. You know, I mean, us, we've been together so long, all four of us. Uh, it's kind of laid out where, like, if there's something uncomfortable to talk about with Pete, the guys go through me. Ah. But now I know our mind, our mind now usually goes directly to Pete. But there was a, a long period mm. where it was like, hey, you know, uh, we need to talk to Pete about this. You think you could breach it with him? And I'm like, all right, cool you know and it's like <laughs> if i breach it even if he reacts negative at least when we all bring it up together he's prepared for it and he knows all right i understand yeah. you know yeah and a, and a lot of the times it's me and pete you know it's it's weird to split <laughs> it just happens like yeah uh when we're like making band decisions it's like Armand and craig want this but me and pete side on this side you know mm. and it's not to say that there are times where i'm like no i agree with all but it just it just so happens that me, like, like I said before, I think me and Pete have more of an idea of like, we have to keep trying to grow sick of it all.
2: Yeah. And our mind
1: is like, if we should just stay the course because we're at a good position, you know?
0: Yeah. You think- I mean,
1: we're trying and it's it, it's hard because at this point, in your career, we're like, this is where it, it changes. I'm always willing to like, if there's a younger band that's way more popular than us, but they want to tour with us and they want a headline, I'm like, I'm all for it. Yes. But, sometimes pete is like we're fucking sick of it all we shouldn't have to open for this band and i'm mm-hmm. like not to say that he's arrogant yeah it's not to th- anything to do with arrogance it's it's yeah we've built our career up to a certain point you know yeah and, and a lot of the times those bands don't want to do that they don't want to headline over you and it's it back like we did the the united blood fest a bunch of years ago and it was like right when Turn style before they were big as they are they were like the underground hits return style take offense and whoever and they all played and they all made us headline because you're the legendary sick of it all yeah and we were on 90 percent of the crowd was on their way over already. you know yeah it's Which like you respect so things. i
0: know it's hard man because you guys have been doing it for how many years now
1: now it's this year's like 33 i think wow
0: did you ever feel like like quitting and not doing it or no
1: yeah, there was times, you know, you get, you get fed up, uh, either you get like when we used to tour constantly, like on scratch the surface, we would, you know, you remember those? we would tour yeah, forever, dude. man. Yeah. But you know, we slowed it down, you yeah. know, and then there's, there's just certain times you get frustrated. You, you put out like uh, a great record, everybody loves it, but then the tours don't do it. And then you can't get on tour. It's every year, this year too, mm-hmm. we put out, you know, one of our best records we've done in decades and everybody loves it. Bands love it. The fans love it. The curse love it. But then you can't get on tours just because of the age of the band.
2: Mm-hmm. And Peace Thing
1: is always like, put us on fucking tour and you'll see who looks old and who looks, you know, it's true. looks like an old band. It's true. But that backfires on us too because we've had bands, huge bands, tell our booking engine, it's too hard to go on after those guys. Yeah, and I we're see like, that. what do you mean? Yeah. You know, you have these bands have like, semi-commercial hits or hits in the hardcore and punk scene mm-hmm. where like 10,000 people are singing every word, but they say like, yeah, but we just feel that we're not working hard enough after coming, seeing you guys. Play. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, well, we're working hard because we don't have all the sing-alongs. We want to just entertain the crowd. Yeah. That's our stick. Yeah. You
0: know? It's like ageism. So we've
1: been turned down for tours. Yeah. We've been turned down for tours because you were too hard to play after. That's crazy,
0: so you could it be shitty live, then you can get tours? It's crazy. Yeah, we would
1: we would say stuff like we joke around, but like, tell them we'll, tell will play shitty. You know, <laughs> tell them we'll put on a half ass show.
0: I mean, this one this one thing that is a hundred percent true about Sick World is every time I see you guys play, it's always hundred and ten percent. Even even at this age, like the way you guys move on stage is yeah. everything I, I know it's because you guys still love and believe in it and passionate about it, but like um it's pretty amazing. Even to ten people or ten thousand people, you guys always give it hundred ten percent. Always respect it about you guys. It's like, it's never a
1: bad yeah, show. You know? I it's- mean, that's what that's what Kevin Lime says on that last on that 2017 Warp tour. He was, he called up Storm and he goes like, you know, we've had our differences, but I watch SICK of it all every night because if it's fifty people or, 500 yeah. or a five hundred or five thousand, they're giving the same energy I every know, night. Man. And it's like yeah. we don't know how to do it any other way. You
0: know? I know, and I think that's. It was
1: funny. We were standing on a on the the stage, watching one of the newer bands that uh you know like Atella or whatever they're whatever those yeah. bands are, and they were playing like five thousand people, and there was like three hundred people waiting for us to come on. Yeah. And I'm just looking, and I go to, and I didn't know, but the stage manager was standing behind us, and I go to Pete, I go. Yeah, remember when in ninety seven we drew that crowd and he's like, Yeah and then the guy leans over and goes like, Yeah, but you think any of those guys ever punched a Nazi in the face? I don't think so. And we all just you know, we all just started fucking laughing. Like, yeah, that's true.
0: It's so because I feel we like around, we I feel like Sick of It All was one of the hardest bands that warped head on at first, I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we were the first hardcore band that they had. And
0: yeah, like I mean it was
1: good. Like I said, we did have some troubles, you know, but I think we, we let it, We got it so that other bands could get on And then get themselves kicked out Didn't Scarhead You know Was on there for like a day or something They were on there for Yeah somebody
0: else? Yeah That was quick And then, then Now Then later on Like Hatebreed was on there Like But I would say for hard bands You oh, guys yeah, are the first yeah. ones to be on there yeah. To Desperate You know what I mean Like set the record it, I remember that, that
1: tour It was I forget what year it was But it was Hatebreed uh, hey and Deftones were on that one Fuck
0: yeah. I remember seeing Deftones on there too Fuck Are you a Deftones fan?
1: I like a lot of their stuff. I'm yeah. not a huge fan, but uh, I've yeah. seen them live a bunch of times. I especially love it with, you know, I mean, we met them on that first warp Tour. We yeah. all played uh, Dates in California together. Same thing with No Doubt, we met them yep. uh, on, the, on the Orange County show. And that yeah. was cool because we were going on at like 2 in the afternoon on the little truck stage, and I turned around, and it's the, the two horn players made the whole band. to go, you've got to come and see these guys.
0: That's and awesome. it was
1: really cool that the, the two horn players dragged the whole of no doubt to watch Sick of It All play. You know, it's
0: fucking. And awesome. It's weird.
1: Every time we've done something like we did the the prototype of the War Tour, we yeah. had flown from South America to California, and it was called Board in South Bay or something like oh, that. Wow. I still have a skateboard with all the bands on it.
2: Oh, shit. And uh,
1: and they were the funny thing was every ska band that played Mustard Plug and all those bands they, and Aquabats, they all shouted out. We can't wait for Sick of It All to play. Sky bands love Sick of It All. They love our awesome. energy. It was amazing. You know? So random. I feel bad for making jokes about them all these years.
0: <laughs> is there um? So w- what do you listen to? Like, are you listening to new stuff? Or w- what do you listen to? I know I, know I listen to hardcore all day long, like people think.
1: I I do. You know the funny thing is, a lot of people hardcore. I don't listen to hardcore. I do. I listen. It it is hard to find new bands that stand out because yeah. you sit there and it's whatever it is, whatever genre, like. Everybody loved Power Trip, and I think they're a really good band. But when they, you know, my friend Mike Scandato from, you know, uh, uh, The Last Stand and, and Human, he comes, you got to hear Power Trip. I'm sitting there with him, and am like, all right, that's the Exodus riff, you know? Yeah. But I got to calm down my old manness and just enjoy the music, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you, you listen to a lot of different – for old stuff, you know, I listen to old stuff, old Motown. I love wow. girl groups. I love, the, I love you know – uh what's the, the Supremes are like one of my favorite groups of all that's time. awesome. I never knew, knew that. Yeah. And i listen to that shit when I, mean, I want to hear old school shit. I listen to yeah. that's my old school, you know, what but about, you know, I listen to like, you know, old school punk, old school hardcore, but I listen to newer stuff too, you know, what about hip hop? You know, I, that's the one thing I, I haven't found any new shit I like. Yeah. And if it is, it sounds like the old style stuff, you know? Yeah. Like I was saying to you the other day, I heard the new Redman and I was like, I don't know. And I listened to him, like, oh, this takes me back. I, I just love out. his voice. Yeah. Redman's got a good voice. I love his yeah. voice, you know? But hip hop, I only listen to older stuff. I try some of the new stuff, and I'm not saying there aren't good songs out there, but sometimes I just don't get it. Like, yeah. I don't get the whole Drake thing. I don't get a lot of stuff, you know? Yeah.
0: And maybe that not,
1: la, like that last Eminem album was amazing. Amazing, like, I was never dude. a big fan of Eminem. Amazing. Then I heard that and I was like, you know, I always respected. Like I'll hear mixtapes from back then, and he would be on it, and I'd be like, holy shit, this guy's really good. And yeah. Now, so what an amazing the guy. The fucking
0: beast. Maybe we're not supposed Genius. to get it. Maybe we're too old to like get the newer stuff. I mean,
1: exactly. It's
0: like, <laughs> I remember. I remember you. You had your ex girlfriend used to work at the Ritz, so we got to go to all those fucking shows at the Ritz oh, all the time. Yeah, dude. we'd go see. Every band. It was
1: like De La Soul with, with uh, you know, with Tribe Called Quest. Yep. And then a year later, was Tribe Called Quest with De La Soul opening. That's <laughs> yeah, you know, true. Everybody and Rakim. And, God, and we, I saw like Sisters of Mercy. I was like going to say that. Poppy, all this weird stuff that I would never go see. And yeah. I was like, I got
0: you <laughs> I think BJ worked the coach at, too. We Marky
1: Mark and the Funky Bunch,
0: Yeah, we did. Right? Yes, we did. I got ticket stubs <laughs> for that shit, too. It was such a crazy time, man. All that shit.
1: Remember Remember we were sitting in that audience. We were in the VIP section, and it was like being in a jet engine because all the little girls were screaming so loud.
0: <laughs> From Marky Mark.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, and when he dropped his pants and he did his, his Calvin Klein underwear dance, I was like, "Oh my God!" It, my ears were bleeding. It was it was worse than any Manowar show I've ever seen. <laughs>
0: We saw, we saw so many shit. Were you at Seabees when we, when I met Madonna? I don't know if you were there. That was that was like a Cypress Hill.
1: Yeah, I was outside. That was at the Booyah Tribe. Thing, yeah, right?
0: dude. It was a night before Lollapalooza got rained out in New York. That was crazy. And then Madonna. <laughs> were you there with the Madonna at the Rancid Show? Uh,
1: I was upstairs. Yeah, me and Pete were I there. Remember that was and crazy. Pete went down yeah. And met Madonna.
0: Yeah, that was weird shit. It was such a weird time
1: for yeah, music, was, too. Did you read the. Did you read that book uh, about? N- City
0: no, Garden? but Pete told me about it. He told me what the got, whole story's he got, wrong. Got the
1: story all wrong. I know. He, he made the whole Madonna story backwards. It's so <laughs> Weird.
0: I'm gonna talk about. It. I'm gonna do a whole Madonna episode, but I'm gonna talk about what really happened because, yeah, it wasn't even like that. We shook her hand. It was totally chill. Nobody yes. was fanboying he, out.
1: And that's the thing. The guy in the book, the guy is saying, like, yeah, all these tough New York guys, DMS guy. First of all, we weren't DMS. No. You know, we knew those guys. Yes. And, and I wasn't there. I was upstairs. Yeah. In the VIP section. I didn't go downstairs. And he said, like, oh, they all looked at the ground and couldn't look Madonna in the eye. She, didn't she say hello to you guys? And she said to Pete, oh, I love your album. Because she, she was looking at bands. And she looked at Sick of It Alls. Scratched the surface because we were on the major, you know. Yeah, Freddie
0: DeMann was talking to her. And, and when I shook her hand, she goes, I, I I remember you. And then she turned my arm and showed Freddie DeMann my Madonna tattoo because I met her at CB's. Like, how can she not forget a yeah. bunch of tattooed freaks meeting her at CBGB's? I mean, <laughs> it was fucking awesome. And then I ended up being a Madonna exactly. coffee. I got to be in the Madonna coffee table book after that. I got hit up by one of her people and they did my whole story about meeting her at CB's. It's pretty cool. But um, that's awesome. Yeah, the, and then, dude, then the House of Pain shit, that was awesome. Like, the remix, like, that was good times oh, back yeah. then. Fuck man. That was another
1: thing. That was ahead of its time. Yeah. Just hanging out with those guys. They just wanted to meet all the hardcore guys. Yeah. No matter what anybody says, those guys saw a picture of Agnostic Front or the Crow Mags. It's like, yo, this is how we have to look. And then they looked into it and they saw the whole scene like that. You know?
0: Yeah. I think they loved. Because love... I mean,
1: look at Everlast when he. I'm not taking anything away from their skills, but look at Everlast when he first came out on Ice T's label. And then what House of Pain became, you know? Yeah, it was the the look I'm talking about. They look like hardcore guys. They have flight jackets and shaved heads and tattoos. Yeah, know? I thought
0: they were from New York originally but it, too. But they were cool yeah. as shit. You know, awesome dudes, man. That That's was a lot.
1: Of, a, a lot of people don't understand it, you know. Uh, especially New York hip hop. It was such like a they grew up together, hardcore and mm-hmm. hip hop. That's why it was like so easy for us to ask Karis one to do something. you know? Yeah, and it was it was great. That guy, he's. One of the coolest guys I've ever met.
0: Yeah, that was that was a game changer. Later, we, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, when we when we did our twenty fifth year anniversary album and we re re recorded all the songs yep. the way we wanted them to sound. We did clobbering time. We said, Well, we gotta get Karis one and we called him up and we finally got a hold of him, we talked to him, Hey, we wanted to, he's like, Of course, of course I'm gonna do it. We're like, All right, what do you want? And he didn't even talk to his management team, and He goes, send me three triple XL t-shirts. And then he did the intro and then he did a freestyle over clobbering time to boot. And he said, here, just use everything. And that's for money. And that's for royalties. So such a nice guy. That's amazing,
0: dude. How'd you, how'd you connect? How'd you connect with them back then? Like how that connect happened?
1: That was, uh, my oldest brother's girlfriend was working in a studio, you know, like, uh she was a receptionist and did all she was a singer so she worked in the studio and she got free studio time and she came home from work one day and she goes i go hey who's who's in your studio and she goes oh you wouldn't know his name's uh krs1 i go oh boogie down production she goes you know (laughs) krs1 and i go yeah and i show her my philosophy cassette cassette. and she's like oh okay and the (laughs) next day she went and told him like yeah, my my boyfriend's younger brothers are in a hardcore punk band, and they love your music. And he was like, "No way, I got to meet these kids." So she calls and says, "Hey, he wants you to come to the studio one night." He was working on his then wife Miss Melody's solo album.
0: Holy shit! And we shit. went down,
1: and we just talked to him, and you know, he was like, "We just started talking about stuff, and we were talking about different things like samples." And I was like, "Yeah." We talked about the 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 Everything Rock Kim. Uh, Seven Minutes of Madness remix, and he was like, yeah, I love when they have the Indian, Indian girl singing in the yeah. background. It was cool. And then, then Armand goes, hey, would you do an intro? No, w- one of us said, could you do an intro on in our record? I don't remember who said it. And he goes, sure. What do you want me to say? And we was like, yeah, you know, Sick of It All, Karis one." And so he did it, and then Armand goes, he goes, how's that? And I was like, that's great. And Armand goes, "Did you say Blastmaster? And he goes, oh, you want the old school shit. And he went <laughs> and he said, you know, think Blastmaster KRS-One. You know, Spread the, the hardcore
0: <laughs> reality, yeah, dude. Oh. So amazing. No, n- nobody like that was insane for that to happen way back then. You know what I mean? Back then, no hip-hop was, yeah. was hardcore like that. Yeah. I mean, was there a public enemy I mean, Anthrax yeah, song it's out it's then like or that no? House- what? Was Anthrax public enemy shit out back then or no? I'm not sure. Bring the noise? I'm not even sure either, man.
1: I don't know. I'd have to check it might have been, but uh, I don't I don't know. But but uh like like with that house of Pain thing when we asked them to do the remix and they said they, DJ Lisa goes, I'll do it for free and he did it for free, but of course the mansion was like, Oh well we have these studio costs and it was like I think they wanted five grand. Oh. And so we brought it we brought it to our label and the label's like nobody's gonna care about this rock rap shit. That was their answer. Damn. And then, like a year later, Judgment Night came out and fucking blew up. Holy crazy.
0: shit! So that song, you never—what happened with that song? It's just sitting on a tapes. Is yeah, this cassette? We try,
1: when we heard Judgment Night was happening, we were like, "We gotta see if we could get this on there." But of course, you know, label didn't try because they didn't own it. Nobody owned it except DJ mm. Lethal had it, and we had copies on cassette, and we just started bootlegging the cassette and handing it out to people.
0: Damn! But
1: that tour, when House of Pain toured that year, while they were doing the remix for us. I remember getting a call from my friend in Florida, and he was like, yo, we went to see House of Pain last night, and Rage Against the Machine opened up, and then right before House of Pain, the lights went down, all of a sudden, we hear the bass intro to Just Look Around, and we're like, what the fuck, is sick of it all playing? And he said that, you know, all the hardcore kids out there were like, oh, shit, and they came out to an instrumental version of Just Look Around without my voice. They pulled my voice out, and I was like, fuck, I wish I could have seen that.
0: Holy (laughs) shit. They they, they only did it there on that tour? That's crazy, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fuck.
0: You remember those shows were so sick in New York, like at the Academy, Rage Against the Machine, House of Pain. It was such crazy bills back then, too.
1: Oh, God, yeah.
0: Social detail. I remember
1: uh, Rage Against the Machine selling out Five Nights at the Roseland, and me and Pete went one night, and then somebody told Zach that we were there, and he got us, like, it was great because going back to working at concrete, yeah, uh, we were all standing in the VIP section. And they had a roped-off section, and I remember the roadie coming and putting two chairs in front of the ropes and dragging me and Pete right in front of our boss and sitting us down in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> and he was standing in the back, and he was so pissed.
0: He's like, "What the fuck, <laughs> dude? That's so He's like, crazy!" These guys work
1: in my mailroom. <laughs> they throw tapes out the window. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> so, um so also obviously in the band, there's so many sacrifices. We miss people's weddings. We miss their funerals. We miss people's fucking yeah <clears throat> having babies. People don't understand like the sacrifice. Like it's it's a blessing and a curse. Like you get to go on tour and do what you love, and then once you're out there, you kind of you especially having a family, it's just kind of hard to balance yeah. it. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I missed uh, my <clears throat> best friend May's wedding because oh we had a tour And I begged the guys that maybe we should cancel, and it but it was like you know it's at that point where you make your living from touring. Totally. We'd had the tour. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, so I missed her wedding. Uh, It was weird. Both my grandparents passed away. Like I'd go to see my grandparents and be like, I remember my, I was here for my grandfather when he passed away. But when my grandmother, I remember going to see her saying goodbye to her. She was really sick. And we're like, okay. And the day we landed in like uh, the Midwest to start a helmet tour, they were like, oh yeah, grandma passed away last night. We're like, oh shit, we have to come home. They're like, just the whole family was just stay, you know, what are you yeah. going to do? You come to the funeral and that's it. Yeah. You know, you feel bad, but at least I did get to say goodbye to her. Yeah, but,
0: for sure. You know,
1: but- I was on tour when another good friend of mine, uh, she had cancer it was a friend of mine from England and me and her husband got close and we were all hanging out all the time. And it's weird cause we had, it was the first time we played Hong Kong and oh, I was going to fly. I was going to change my flight to go to London to see her. And then go to the States. We went right into a suicidal tour. But I was like, I want to go home and see my family, you know, and I called her husband and he was like, yeah, she's, she's okay. You know, She gets weaker every day, but go, uh, you have a suicidal tour right away. Just go see your family and then afterwards fly, fly to England. So I went home, saw my family for a week and then went on a suicidal tour and then a week into the suicidal tour right before I went on stage in Florida. I get my phone's ringing and I answer it and it's my friend Diego. She's gone. She's gone. He's Uh, bawling on the other side. And here I am trying not to cry because he's crying and then trying not to cry because it's my really good friend uh, and I got to go on stage and get people crazy. Damn, dude. And you just got to swallow it down Mm -hmm. and do it. Yeah. And then afterwards you go walk off somewhere alone, you know, and then, you know, and I tell the guys and they knew her too, but it was just, it sucks. No.
0: Fuck man. Yeah, people don't know like you
1: can feel, feel guilt.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I heard that um well it's true that on that when, when uh Misfits played Jersey last year or whatever, Danzig's mom died that same day and he went and played the show that night. It's pretty crazy, man. Yeah.
1: yeah. Fuck man.
0: People don't know all the behind yeah, the scenes you shit, to, you know?
1: Yeah, you just gotta swallow that shit down and then deal with it later. You know, you then you feel like I should be in mourning this and that. But then, you know, I never thought of this then, but I think of it now. My friend will; she would have laughed at me if I was like. She'd be like, "Get the fuck on stage and do it." You know. Yeah. She was funny. Yeah. She was like a a, a girl who liked hardcore, but was more into rock and roll. She would always look at me and be like, "You're really gonna wear that on stage?" <laughs> <I'd be> like, <laughs> yeah. Why not? She's like, "Like, you're a grown man. Why are you still wearing shorts?" And I was like, "You know, you're right."
2: <laughs>
0: it is true. Are we are we too old to wear shorts on stage? That's a good question because me and Adam always have debates like. Are we wearing camel shorts or wearing like just regular man pants tonight on stage? Is there like, are you, are you ever too old to wear shorts on stage? I, I see you wear jeans. You wear pants all the time now.
1: I do. Yeah, yeah. I went back. If you look at the original photos of, Sick of All before, you know, I would always be wearing uh, long pants and yeah. long. I would always wear long sleeve either yeah. skull skates or Thrasher shirt. I
0: remember that. So
1: that was my deal. Yeah. But uh, now I don't wear the long sleeve shirts. Just the pants. I just I feel like I my and everybody, kids, you know, or not even kids. The older guys, oh, I see you're into the skinny jeans. I'm like, yo, it's holding my knees together, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you're skinny anyway. I also notice you wear exactly. you wear you were Vans on stage too. Is that hard to jump around in?
1: No, you know what? I, and I like Vans, and they yeah. always treat us really well. Yeah. But for me, my favorite stage sneakers are Converse. For some I noticed reason, they, that too. they just feel light. Yeah. They feel light, but With the new insoles Yeah Converse uh, 2's Nike makes Yes Oh Yeah Yeah But Converse kind of dissed me man They used to give me free sneakers And now I call them up for uh, A couple of tours back And they were just like Not returning my calls Like I guess I'm in the old man file No man Don't give them anything We want to We want to Appeal to the youngsters
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean Ramones Always wore Converse on stage But they didn't jump around Like you jumped around So I mean the ankle support Must be um,
1: Yeah exactly but, I mean, I like the high top. Uh, you know, I I wear my Sick of It All. I I got two pairs of the Sick of It All Vans. I wear one on stage. Oh, that's cool. Those are good, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but, you know, being vegetarian now, like I followed after you guys, vegetarian, I feel guilty when I get sneakers that got suede and shit mm-hmm. on it. And I'm like, man. But I know they make, you can get a... a you know the high top old schools made custom uh, totally in uh, canvas.
0: Yeah, and there and there's there's
1: yeah. Like, get on that man, get them to do a a h2o fucking canvas high tops.
0: So I, can I know. Wear it on stage there's um, I, I'm gonna say I'll send you a picture when we get off the phone. But there's the, um the all black classics with the stripe, like the ones you're wearing in high, the lows, the all black on black those, yeah. those ones are all vegan because um those were those used to be the Davy AfI ones, the all black canvas ones. Ah. It's interesting, but it's Craig. Craig told me when I interviewed him that he brought sneakers into hardcore. He's the he first brought what? Sneakers into hardcore. He's the first person to wear white high top sneakers in the hardcore He wore those scene. like
1: Iron Maiden fucking white high tops, you know? Yeah. Tongue and all that. <laughs> That's a Vinny Stigma used to say. That. He goes, he, "You brought sneakers into hardcore. You ruined
0: it." Because <laughs> everybody's wearing boots back then, and then he fucking rolled yeah, with the exactly. high tops.
1: I. I got my, my. I remember getting my, my uh, uncle gave me his old combat boots, which were like a size too big. So I'm like walking around <laughs> with these combat boots that are a size too big for me. look like a goofy kid.
0: Yeah. You always, you always rock. You used to rock high tops too. I remember that. That was like the thing back then. Yeah. And then I right, could,
1: I couldn't afford, but then, you know, you started getting to like, oh, we jump around a lot. I need support. So we all wear Nikes. And yeah. And that,
0: you know, you said to today rocking those Jordan like, ones.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's crazy because I think a lot of That's hip hop, hip hop, fashion came into the hardcore scene too a little bit, you know. Back exactly. Then. Yeah,
1: it kind of it was like a trade off, you know. It was like, oh, they all started wearing flight jacket. and then the weird thing is, is a lot of people credit uh, hip hop for the explosion of carhart, which it did in the videos, but mm. hardcore people were wearing work Dude. clothes like dickies and hardcore uh, carhart.
0: Ben Davis, years. all and, that uh, shit. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah, Ben Davis on the West Coast, and here it was Carhartt. We used to go to
0: Dave's Army Navy uh, on I 23rd did an Street.
1: Go ahead. Yeah, I just did an interview for Carhartt. And, uh, oh, they, nice. They are doing a whole thing about how the underground culture of New York, the the, the hardcore scene and the hip-hop scene, uh, helped spread the brand beyond just the workmen. And a lot of guys, like, we were doing construction mm-hmm. for in between tours. So, yeah. you know, you had to wear Carhartt.
0: When those hoodies first came out, they were so fucking thick. Dude, it was so good those (laughs) shits first came out. And then maybe say, like, yeah, like House of Pain was rocking them and Cypress Hill, but yeah, the hardcore kids were definitely, um... I feel like they were... With Champion Switchers, too, like, Champion's huge now. My son's like, I want some Champion shit. I'm like, really? Dude, Champion's... (laughs) It's crazy how massive Champion is now. It's fucking... It's crazy. Like, this huge resurgence of it, but it's not not made the same like it was for us.
1: Do you remember? We used to get... We all used to get Champion Basketball Jerseys, the, the regulars, mm-hmm. yeah, at an outlet, yep. and just silk screen on them. The same thing with the work shirts. I mean, you know, work shirts and old work shirts. You used oh. to be able to buy them by the bulk, like, oh, so give me, uh, it's like $3 a pound. Yeah. And then you get a, you know, give me, you know, you buy and buy the pound and then silk screen on them. I remember the first year we brought out the, the work jackets and it said, like, sick of it all, built to last on it. Or yeah, something. I remember that. I was at that warp tour. Yeah. And kids were like, how much are your jackets? And we were like 20 bucks. Cause it cost us a dollar for the jacket so and then cheap. like two bucks to screen it. And we'd be like 20 bucks. And we felt guilty. Like, wow, we're making like a $17 profit. And the kids would be like, <laughs> you're selling jackets for 20 bucks. And we're like, yeah. And they're like, give me three of them. You know? Yeah.
0: And then you go to Japan and sell them for like 60 bucks. I remember going uh, to Japan with the work shirts. We first went there. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. It's so crazy. The prices back then. That
1: was fun. Remember that first Japanese tour? It was a three was that? at that one club. Oh yeah. Ninety two. Everything happened in ninety two. Liquid room. The first year. I don't know what it zoo. was.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh,
1: club Antioch. That's right. It was a. Remember, we had to go downstairs. That was, and we walked from the hotel to the club and back.
0: That was. You
1: would <laughs> just scream at random people on the street. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you scream, and Japanese people are the best because you would go Dah! and Scream at them, and they would just laugh. Would fucking laugh like crazy.
0: Such a culture shock. And then we went I remember going to South America with you guys too, one of the first times. That was crazy too. Oh yeah. That was amazing. And then Europe when we were in a van, like Mark MBD was driving. Excuse me, a van. Remember we were in a van in Europe? I remember this man, the glass broke in the window or something, or Yeah.
1: It was we drove all night through snow, through rain, whatever. Mark would always he would drive. Remember, I remember Social D, uh, their, that album that was on, the first one on CBS Records, that was the one that we played that over and over, over. and over again, singing it. See, <laughs> 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 that's a good time. That was a great time. Great time. time. Was,
0: that, was that from Between Heaven and Hell? Was that that one? I don't know which one that was.
1: It was the one before Heaven, oh, Heaven yeah. and Hell. Oh, uh, yeah. Just self-titled. But do you remember, we played some show, I, I don't remember which East German city, we played some youth center, and it was a great show, and the people were like, oh, you stay at our apartment. And we all walked in. They had this beautiful apartment. It was really nice and warm because it was dead of winter. Yeah. And we're like, oh, this is awesome. Where do we sleep? And they opened this door, and it was like you went through a dimension. And it was just, looked like an abandoned building. There was, you remember, the <laughs> floor was bare, but for like seven mattresses laying on the floor. Oh, we all laid shit. down with our coats on, and it was Dude. like so cold in there. And Mark goes, so it's only. Six hours to the next city. What do you say we just drive? And <laughs> we got up, and then he yelled at them in German, and made them give us money for a hotel. And we just drove to the next town. Oh to our hotel. fuck!
0: That sounds so. That's like sounds like torture, man. Yeah, people yeah, think it was, it's all like yeah. people think it's all glamorous touring, and it's like it's not, man. It's so fun, but those yeah. those twenty three hours leading up to the one hour we get to play can be so fucking brutal. Yeah. Trying to eat and sleep.
1: Yeah, dude. Exactly. Back then, especially. Yeah, you know. Now you're you got to take care of yourself and you know some guys never it's funny craig on the last tour craig invited a, a friend of his to come along and the guy came up to me and goes like are you going out today i notice you leave the, the backstage every day and it was winter and i'm like yeah it's beautiful look it's snow we're in switzerland yeah don't you want to see switzerland and he goes like yeah it's craig and he never leaves if as soon as he gets wi-fi he just sits in the back <laughs> All day? I was like, "Well, he probably." I go, "I go, he probably, you know, seen it all before." A hundred times, true. but you know, then I ended up having to be a tour guide for this fucking guy, and go, "Hey, let's go over here. Let's look at this." <laughs> I mean, it's kind—it's of,
0: kind of cool to like. I bring Max on tour; he gets to see shit I've already seen. I've seen a million churches in Prague, but like, to bring somebody else and see it through their eyes is cool. It makes it better, exactly. I guess. Exactly. But it's like, yeah, you got to be creative on tour because otherwise, you lose your mind and you get homesick and you just get fucking. Yeah. It's hard, man. It's like. Everybody does their own thing on the tour, too. Like, Rusty goes, searches for coffee in every fucking city. Adam works out. It's just like, everybody yeah. has a well, new like thing Pete, to Pete, do. Go ahead.
1: Pete gets up and works out. I just go and I explore. I used to just walk randomly, and it was always hit or miss where I'd find something cool, and then I'd get back to the, or or I'd not really see anything, get back to the club, and then, like, you know, like the merch guy would be like, hey, if you went to the right, they had this <laughs> so now I look up what's in the town before I because, you know, thank God for the internet. I yes. look up what's around. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go look. It's but so, our mind leaves it, you know, like we found like a, a man of war bar in, uh, in uh, I think it was the Czech Republic.
2: Damn. Or I forget
1: where. Or, but we were like, it's a man of war bar. And it's it's a 30 minute walk, but we all went there and we hung out and we talked to the owner. And he was like, yeah, you know, the guys, I think the bass player owns part of it. Oh, it was just shit. fun hanging out. But when we got there, they were playing like pop music videos. And we were like, this is a fucking man of war bar. What is this shit? And the guy goes, you <laughs> can't play, you know, the to tourists. And we were, so he went and he put on all man of war videos
0: for us. That's fucking awesome. What, what town is that in? Where is that at?
1: I am i got to look it up again. I forgot. Because, I, you know, I'm the guy in the band that's like, I don't even know what city I'm in most of the time. Yeah. Did you? you know, I'm, I'm getting messages <laughs> now. They're like, hey, when you play uh, on the 10th, you're playing this city. I'm like, oh, I. I I thought that was at the end of the tour. They, no, it's the first show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you guys did you go to the Ramones museum in Berlin too?
1: Is it, you know what? I walked past it the other uh this last tour. Yeah. And I was like, it's just a fucking bar. Yeah. What the hell is that? Yeah. So I mean, there's I'm a lot of shit in there
0: but yeah. I um, went
1: to Jimmy Marino's house and saw a lot better shit, yeah,
0: me too <laughs> dude. His glass case is full of all that shit's crazy man
1: he's, he's got he's got Johnny Ramone's Yoo-Hoo shirt dude he's got Deney Ramon's sneakers, you know
0: it's fucking crazy he's got the real shit um what do yeah, you think what, what do you think you, that you credit to your band's longevity and um what makes you guys keep going and you know still be passionate about it especially in your age now but obviously i feel like you guys look all young it, and this music keeps you young you know
1: yeah it does keep you young it's funny like seeing you know it you see your friends who aren't in bands you like you're like god you how old are you and they're like 10 years younger than you And you're like you, you don't look it <laughs> <laughs> but uh it, it's just as cliche as it sounds it's it's i love this i don't want to do anything else
0: i know you know
1: And we've built our lives around it so that at this point to change would be really hard. But it's still it's like it's like, yeah, for all the the 23 hours of bullshit. Yep. it's still the grace when you get up there and you make people smile. We like on this last tour, uh, the the persistence tour we did. Yeah, there were some nights in like even in our biggest countries like Germany, because there's like, you know, seven bands on that freaking tour. And we're the headliner. Right. And you would get on there and it would take till the third song for these people to kick in, you know, mm-hmm. because they were been doing it all day. So we're playing London and we're like, oh, it's the last show of the tour. Uh I hope it doesn't suck. You know, yeah. London's a, a weird town. We've always had great shows there, but you always get warned. Yeah, you, you know London, it's totally. like New York. They could be they could be. We fucking the lights went down and the place started cheering like it was, you know, a rock show.
2: Awesome. And you came
1: out and we saw it was great to see all these people that we've seen through our whole career, like right yeah. up front. And then you see these young kids going wild, and we're like, there's young kids here. This is amazing. <laughs> but it was, it was so awesome. And uh, it, that was worth it. Like you yeah. play and you see all these, and they're singing the new songs, not just like when you go to the States and it's like, well, let's do 90% of the first album. And then yeah. the other nine albums we will just take one <laughs> song each off of, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's awesome <laughs> to see young kids it, there, man.
1: Yeah, and the and the whole thing, you know, even in the states, like we'll play new stuff that people like, but the ones who make the most noise are all the old school fans. They just want to hear the first album, blah blah blah. blah. I mean, we're lucky. We have I see guys who come to our shows, and I don't even know if they know we have anything. Or have listened to anything past the first album. <laughs> that's but crazy. they'll stand up front until you play that one song. Yeah. Like, you know, they'll stand up front. But when we hit My Life or Injustice System or, yeah. or friends like you, then they go Berserk. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> or they bring their kids now too. Like people are bringing their children to the shows. They grew up with you and they're raising their kids on it. And yeah. yeah. It's fucking different generations. That was, that's,
1: that's a good. One. Yeah, especially again. Well, here in the states there's a lot of that too, but especially in Europe, you know. Yeah. Like in the states now, we we end up playing a lot of like 18 and over, 21 and over shows just because that's the uh the promoters say that's the demographic, but we'll always get a fan writing like, "Hey, is this show all ages? I want to bring my kid. They love you,
2: blah blah yeah. blah." Yeah. Yeah. We had an
1: incident in Reno uh the last US tour we did. We were in Reno and we went to the they said 150 tickets sold, and we walk into the room that we're playing because it's the all ages room. Yeah, it was a fucking 1100 capacity room, Damn. and we were like, "Are you kidding me? This is 1100 capacity room. It's the only all ages venue we got." You go, and we look right next door, like there's a doorway. It's a "Well, there's a stage there, and it's mm-hmm. a kind of yeah, but it's not all ages." And we were like, "How many all ages tickets do you think we sold?" The guy goes, "I don't know." So we moved the, the whole show to 21 and over. Wow. And we stood, we had our, our road manager stood at the door. And when they said, oh, we're sorry, the show has been switched to 21. They even put it out on, a, uh, you know, on the internet. Yeah, yeah. But people who came and they were like, well, we wanted to be sick of it all. We would give them T-shirts. It was like, we're really, we gave them shirts. We was like, we're sorry. It's our fault, mm-hmm. but we don't want to play that giant room. Yeah, just, and it was literally four kids. You know, yeah, we felt bad; they didn't get to see us, but we gave them free shirts. Yeah, and we were just like, let's just play, you know. Yeah, and we had an crazy. amazing show because yeah, it sure. was in a eleven hundred capacity Ridiculous. room with one hundred and fifty people.
0: Yeah, was that? Was that the Murphy's Law tour? Was,
2: yeah,
1: that was yeah. a
0: great fucking package, that, man. That was a great LA show. Like I have to say, living in LA for this many years and seeing New York bands come through, it can be very fickle. I even think that was on a weeknight. <laughs> that shit was awesome. The Roxy show. I mean just to just to was a lot of fun you two guys together it's just it's such a great package it worked it it was it
1: was really weird it's it's funny like getting back to playing with murphy's law was was weird i remember the first show was the our anniversary the 30-year anniversary show and we had the lineup but we were talking about the lineup and pete we had like a conference call and pete goes well we're playing new york and it's a party murphy's law has to play and i was like i love murphy's law i love him but pete you haven't been living up here Left to their own devices, their shows kind of go off the rails sometimes
2: mm-hmm. sometimes
1: in a good way, sometimes in not a good way, and I'm yeah. not saying this to diss Jimmy, I'm just yeah. saying they they tend to go long winded for mm-hmm. for my taste, yeah. but Pete stuck to beat was like, "No, let's do it. We we're like, all right, let's do it. you know we all love we all talk about how great Murphy's saw Jimmy is, the probably one of the best front men you'll ever see, totally in not just hardcore, but everything
0: in general, comedian, everything, and, yeah.
1: So we did that run with them ending in New York. And it, we were like, it, it ended up being, uh, uh, there was a manipulate from New York. Yep. There was our friends from Hong Kong, Yeah. Uh, King Lychee, and then Murphy's Law, and then the street dogs and us. And as we were up in a dressing room watching the show, I turned to the guys and go, thank fucking God the street dogs are in between us and Murphy's Law because look how good they are tonight. And Jimmy was <laughs> killing it. I remember they walked out and it was like about a Packed to the front about five rows of people deep. Then there was that hardcore horseshoe and then yes. the rest of the crowd. And he came out and before they even started playing, he's like, Don't give me this bullshit. This is New York City. You better move the fuck up. And it was great. <laughs> he just got the whole crowd riled. Yeah, he's and, fucking. Uh, they were so on.
0: Oh, su- I couldn't believe he's it. He's such a great front. I mean, t- package in January was just. Yeah. Yeah, and then the from greatest. there,
1: that's when we were, doing, we were doing tours. We were like, All right, let's do. We did the run to Florida and Texas with them. That was amazing. Then we did the West Coast with them. Yeah. I wish we could do it every time, but then you bring it up to promoters like, yeah, it did good last time. But why don't you wait? You know, like for this year, we're doing a similar run down to Florida, but with Iron Reagan.
2: That's
1: Uh, cool. But originally we wanted Murphy's Law and the promoters like, why don't you wait a little while before we bring YouTube back? We don't know if it'll work. You know, you don't want to. Sometimes people get overexcited and they're like, yeah. "Yeah, do the same thing. It's gonna work again." No. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was a great package, man.
0: You know, I know, I know, I talked to her the other day. I talked to Cindy Strembo. Remember her from um, Peter Tattoo? Maybe she. Oh did my those... God! Yeah, I guess <laughs> <laughs> she did her first tattoos in Deer Park, whatever. Yeah, she
1: she did my uh, the alleyway dragon. Yeah, yeah,
0: and I think the alleyway came from a flash. It's funny her I couldn't shopper. remember
1: her name when 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 I was at Muse Inc. They were asking, "Uh, where did you get your first tattoo?" Yeah. And I brought that up, and I said, "Cindy," but I couldn't remember her last name. Yeah, I'm
0: gonna, anything. I'm gonna send you information. She's like married to this famous, well-known, amazing tattoo artist. I talked to her the other day for like an hour. She told me she went on a tour with AF, and oh, all, all, all cool. of us coming to the sh- coming to the shop. And Pete saying that I was 17 years old, and he was vouching for me to get <laughs> tattooed at her shop. And I guess, a, uh, I guess, a dragon was like on a flash that she had on the wall there. That's where it came from that shop. I guess.
1: Yeah. It was a Greg Irons flash. That was the Fucking original crazy, one. Crazy man. Greg Irons. Yeah, everybody. And I, you know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. So yeah, it was a Greg Irons uh, tattoo flash.
0: Yeah, he passed away too. And um, that's
1: a, but that's yeah. a, that's like when uh, people bring up. Oh, well, you know, I remember when Mob uh, Deep uh, yeah. put it on their record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember that people, oh, they saw in a tattoo flash. And I was like, they work with the Beat Nuts, right? Oh, yeah, I go, the guy in the Beat Nuts has a sick of it all sticker stick on his fucking door of his apartment mm-hmm. before you go in. It's right there. Oh, wow. You know, you're going to see the fucking dragon. Yeah. So yeah, that, so
0: that, that I have, was have, funny. Have, I, I remember to, Lisa, our friend
1: Lisa Rowe. Lisa friend, Longhair. Our friend Lisa Rowe was the one. Yeah, yeah Longhair Lisa. <laughs> she she worked in uh, whatever label they were on and she now was records. walking pastel. the, yeah. yeah, the art director's desk and she looks and she sees the the inside of that Hell on Earth album yep. where they had the dragon burned into the earth. And she goes, You like Sick of It All? And he goes, Who? Oh. She goes, That's a sick of it all dragon. He goes, No, it's not, it's Mob Deep. And she had one of those necklaces at Pete made She goes, Here, look at this. Oh. He's like, Oh shit
0: <laughs> Damn. I still I still got two of those stickers too. They're probably worth crazy money. I have the dragon Mob Deep stickers. And I remember Trevor had that meeting with them out loud. It was just him there by himself and had to talk yeah, about yeah. And they're like We have friends who died With this dragon on their hands And blah 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 That was crazy dude <laughs> And then you guys covered Then you uh, guys did a, Then you guys did a, a song With them right
1: Well then yeah Then they You know It came It kind of worked In our favor Where it just worked out Where uh, Lad was doing Their own version Of like Judgment Night And they had a lot Of good bands you Yeah know, On that shit They had yeah. like You know System of a Down Was on there And, and all that And that's, they were like Hey could you do uh, Could you remix The Mob Deep song and Armine had this idea. He goes, like, I'm going to put their voices on a fucking hardcore song. And it came out. And I remember when Damn. we sent it to the Loud, they flipped out. They were like, yo, this is a straight-up hardcore song. You know, a <laughs> New York-style hardcore song. Yeah. And it's not hip-hop. We're like, yeah. And he goes, like, this fucking sounds great. They loved it. They loved Damn. it. But then they made the shittiest cover for an album I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> do you remember the cover of that I record? I do
0: not. I do not. It's I can like, look it up.
1: It's like a computer-generated... Uh, like, Blue Muscle Man And we were just like,
2: Weird. what the fuck is this? That's so random so,
1: I was like, I, I could have drew something better Just, I've done it for free Because it's yeah. such a good record But the cover was shit that nobody bought
0: it <laughs> <laughs> I remember that I think I looked that cover up um, You have to look it up I, I talked to Tim, too, about to this Loud Rocks that... is the name
1: of the cover <laughs> Loud, okay, uh, okay, name okay, of the loud Rocks
0: I talked um, You can look it
1: up on... on it's so ugly. Look it up on Spotify or whatever. It's okay. just
0: so nasty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I talked to Tim Armstrong too, and I was we talked about like the connection. I we both we both agree that the sick of it all ranted connection was the first like east and west coast like connection with punk and hardcore bands like the, the Wetlands thing and City Gardens and I think we, they were the oh, fir- yeah. first band because like Pete loved your band like he loved it for, he ordered that seven inch Revelation. He was a big fan of Revelation records, and then then we got yeah. the, they got to the play together, you guys, at City Gardens and like. Just that moment, like... Yeah, it,
1: that was crazy.
0: That was awesome. But, like, you were, like, the first... Before, like, all the other East Coast bands connected with the bands on the Warped or whatever, I feel like it was a sick of it all rancid connection, you know? It was really, like a yeah, respect you know, spe- spe- thing.
1: I, I, I totally forgot about, you know, that that was the first thing. I remember we were in Europe and we were doing our homecoming show in the City Gardens. Yeah. Stormy goes... Rancid's playing some shows, but I want them to play with you guys to expose them to another audience. I'm like, oh yeah, cool, we're cool, and they had to go on first. It was Rancid into another, and sick of it all. Damn. And and I remember, remember we met. They were all backstage, and Lars kept trying to make excuses not to blow dry his spikes up. Yeah, that's what Tim talked about too. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, he wrote a set list like goes. Yeah, I wrote that set list like six times just to try to wait for you guys to leave the room so I could blow dry my hair because I didn't want you to make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "We wouldn't have made fun of you." He goes, "No, you would have."
0: <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Tim talked about that too. So that that brings me up to. Yeah, but our, our, go ahead.
1: No, no. I was gonna say I just remember that being an amazing show, and I remember we opened with Injustice System and Lars Dude. and uh, Tim were standing on stage, and when they saw, and that was back when you know it was. City Garden Yeah like,
0: man Prime you know? shit Yeah And
1: when we went Into Injustice System It was from the front All the way past the bar People were just Dancing Going wild Dude. And I remember Lars and Tim Going like Holy shit Dude They and never Mark, seen He was like there He was
0: Oh uh, shit
1: Yeah he was there And he was impressed too He was like Oh my god
0: What year was that
1: Yeah uh, Fuck I don't know I have a flyer, Not a flyer I have a sticker Or something uh, Yeah I mean a Ticket Stub Yeah Shit I don't remember What year it was
0: And then And then one thing I, I had would, to be Go ahead
1: No I was gonna say I had to be like 93 maybe Yeah so 93 When did uh, When no. did Let Go come out I don't know Let's
0: Go was 94 but Yeah maybe that's a Maybe that's a Self title record For Rancy before that I'm not sure Yeah The one The, yeah. one, the one thing I'm gonna thank you guys for And it's a, It's an it's, a, it's, a, it's underlining theme To all the people I've already interviewed For the New York season Of this This podcast Is, is the ball breaking They gave me tough skin Like they got to you And like I remember, I may say call Used to call me like the girly man from Maryland or Rusty was my inbred father and pussy boy and just all this shit and, and it was it was like this it's this New York tough love that I think it only happens in New York it's like p- the, your friends will find your weakest point and poke at it and poke at it till you crack but then the minute somebody fucks with you with a rat pack and they have your back it's this whole like <laughs> big brother love ball breaking and like you you guys had me shave Thank my you. head ball for many years and now I still have the same hairline and fucking Craig's balls. <laughs> but um you know what I, I mean. It's it's that a, it's a, but it's that it's that New York thing, right? It's gotta be a New York thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and that that's what, like you said before, you asked why do we how do we stay together or whatever. not why but a lot of people ask how we stay together. And that's the thing is we do that. We just make fun of each other all the time. Should, it's it's funny, but it's annoying, especially yeah. now with text messaging. Like you have a banned text message and it'll be One serious question, and then it's Armin and Craig making fun of each other for the next 20 minutes. Your phone keeps buzzing, you're like, All right, are we done? Can you guys just text each other? You know, and then on the road, it's like, You know, they make fun of you know, I saw uh, it the other day, everybody like make fun of me for being old or or forgetting something, or oh, he's getting really old, but you know, it's just fun.
0: But I mean, I came to New York by myself, I I never experienced any of that shit from the minute I met Devil and stayed at the house, just all that shit, like the. (laughs) The girly man from Maryland and just, just everything uh, like, and Craig's obsessed with like your hairline, and fuck man, it's just oh like, oh my god, he
1: still is. He I, is. It's so annoying when you, even like like this past weekend at Muse Inc., we were just like, he'd see somebody hadn't seen, take your hat off, and you're like, oh god, please let the guy, <laughs> let the people live. <laughs> he was giving Scott from Terror. He was like, look, at are thin here, you're thin here, and I'm like, the guy. Shaves his head. Yeah, it was. If you let it grow in, look at his hairline. His hairline's like right above his eyebrows. He's
0: fine. <laughs> it's perfect. He's just obsessed. But but this all that break, it'll never go away. It Doesn't matter how old we are. It was going to stick with you forever. Maybe I've been scarred <laughs> by it. Maybe I'm scarred a little bit by it. But I do appreciate it because it definitely gave me tougher skin and the ball breaking and like it was just nonstop. Yeah. Man, it was fucking just in the van, people snapping on each other, jo- making jokes. And
1: do you do you remember? I don't know if you're on that tour. I know Inti was on the tour. Inti Carboni, who is now like a famous director and killing producer it. in Italy. Yeah, yeah, he was on tour, and we were we were, we were playing in Detroit with Rancid. Yeah, and we we uh, had a, I think it was Detroit, but we we had a, a day off and we were bowling, and it was all the Rancid guys, and Inti was on their team against all of us, and the way the 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 attitudes of the bowling was so funny because like rancid guy would bowl and he would get a gutter ball like yeah you get it next time you get it next time and like so, like I'd bowl and I'd I'd miss and Craig and I'm like god damn it you suck you're gonna ruin it we'd all yell at each other and be negative but we won and we were all just dancing yeah the negative guys won because <laughs> they were all positive and helping you know uh, so but, <laughs> but the thing is it was just a you know the ball busting attitude that we always did to each other you know we didn't mean anything
0: but it's so and (laughs) it's
1: the funny thing a a side note on that thing is years later uh like it was really like almost 10 years later a friend of mine was interviewing matt from rancid and he goes hey you got any uh, inside questions i could ask him or say to him i said do me a favor at the end of these you go oh i got one last question uh how does it feel to know that Sick of It All beat you in bowling and retired champions? And he asked, he said that to him, and that went, Oh my God, that was like 10 years ago. Can they just get over it right? <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> that was fucking um, great.
0: So, do you can, there's a couple more questions. Do you, do you consider yourself an optimist or pessimist? Or are you a realist?
1: Oof. That's a hard one. I'm probably everybody <laughs> tell you I'm a pessimist. Yeah. You know, I kind of <laughs> believe to be a realist. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least I think so. But in reality, you know, like I said, I mean, the way I feel about the band, it's kind of like optimist. You know.
0: Yeah. But sometimes, like the band is oh. called sick of it all. I mean, it's, you guys are at, pissed at the world and shit. You know, but also you're grown ass yeah. men now too. So, you, you still have that that anger in you from against up for against the world, especially what's happening now with everything. But
1: yeah it's more focused like back then you were just mad because like why do we have to do this why does society say i have to do this and now you're mad because <laughs> why does society act this way why does yeah. society at this day and age you could go through the list you know you yeah. can go through uh why aren't women paid the same as men why is there still fucking racism and then yep. you see why you know yeah. now with, with trump in the white house you see why yeah it's like drilled in their head yeah you know that black people are evil black people aren't as intelligent as you mm-hmm. they're animals they go cool if they act like that, like people will point out, look at Chicago, look at this uh, housing project. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know why that? Cause you treat them like animals and we shove them in these places,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, you know, that's why we're more, now we're more focused with our, animals. I mean, look at Armand wrote a song called, uh, Robert Moses was a racist on the mm-hmm. new album. And people like who's Robert Moses. And then they go through it and they realize, wow, this guy built New York city and the highways and the, and some of the biggest parks, but he made it so that minorities couldn't use it. Yeah, I
0: mean, yeah. I mean, you guys had a message from Dave, I mean, with Injustice System and and then Just Look Around. Like nobody was talking about yeah. racism like that at, at that time in Hardcore too. That that was a really powerful yeah. video and song to do.
1: And and even on that album, uh, songs like In Dust and yeah. uh, and uh, and uh, I forget the name of Tyler, the, the other one, but they were about a the AIDS crisis.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: we had guys who. Back then, were struggling with themselves. They didn't know what they were struggling with, but they've since come out as gay. And they're like, "You guys really helped me with that." And I'm I'm just sitting there, like shocked, like, "Wow, we just wrote it because we we knew." No cure. Friends of ours, like yeah, yeah, yeah. There were people like yeah, AIDS AIDS is like for gay people, and they'd go and have sex with like, you know, a drug addict girl, and be mm-hmm. like, if "You get AIDS doing
0: that?" Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Nobody was conscious like that with you guys back then, too, especially for like. The, like the the stigma of New York hardcore it's like knucklehead and tough guy shit and and then you guys coming out with yeah. some conscious shit it was still hard, but it was conscious like that was <laughs> i mean it's pretty powerful for back then i mean do you was there any kind of when that song came out was there any kind of not what you remember the reaction for that it was just it was no internet back then it was probably hard to like figure no, it out there was no
1: negative reaction to that at all it was yeah. funny no negative reaction yeah and it would be weird like speak like we did that that was the tour with biohazard i remember yeah. playing in florida and there was this kid up front jumping up on the barricade and and singing along and, and he's singing along to just look around and he's got a rebel flag tattooed across his throat with flames around it and i remember Damn. going to him after the show going like dude not to be a jerk but do you know the lyrics you were singing he's like yeah <laughs> i understand but it's different where i'm from you know? shit! And I remember the same thing in Texas. Same thing. Uh, it was a show in either Houston or Austin. I don't remember where it was. One of those cities And the neighborhood was bad, of course, because that's where hardcore shows oh, all yeah. thrown in the shit neighborhood. And I remember saying to this uh, obvious white power guy, came up to me after the show and said, "Yo, great show." And I was like, oh, "You know, I'm not going to be a dick, and I'm not trying to fight with you, but why do you?" Believe what you believe if you like sick of it all. And he was like, "I like your music." He goes, "Yeah, and I understand your message." He goes, "But he goes, you see your friends over here, all these little straight edge kids. They will get fucked with when they walk out of this club and walk through this part of town.
2: Mm. None of these
1: brothers are gonna fuck with me because they know if something happens to me, a shitstorm's gonna come down." Yeah, I was like, yeah, "So yeah. it's like a gang mentality." Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's a shame it had to be that way. It's crazy, man.
0: Yeah, but that, I feel like that yeah. song lyrically and all that was ahead of its time and. Um, and then do you, do you, have, do you have any daily rituals?
1: Daily? Yeah.
0: Like when you, do you do, you have a coffee every day. Like you have like a, like a ritual every day you do. Do you exercise? Yeah, do you well, the, you know, yeah.
1: It's weird. It switches. It's some, some days it's I always got to eat. I know it's very, very millennial of me, but I get, <laughs> I get a coffee and an avocado toast. I love that. shit. I love avocado I toast
0: too. Great. I love it too, man. <laughs>
1: It's like so obvious. Like this shit's so good. Why keep why would you i somebody says, this, Oh, I hate avocados. I like, how the fuck do you hate avocados? Do
0: you make it yourself or you buy it somewhere? You make it yourself?
1: I mostly make it myself. Yeah. Once in a while I'll buy because we got this, this new coffee shop opened up about two years ago, uh, really close to me and it, the coffee is amazing yeah. and the uh and the toast is good, but it's kind of expensive. So I don't think yeah. that, But then it's like then the other days, uh it's I drink a protein shake because I have to force my that way. I'm like, if I don't work out, I just drank this protein shake. I can't let it go to waste. I got to work out. You know?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um,
0: <clears throat> I was gonna say, I was gonna say something too. Fuck, I just went spacey on the debt about uh about you working out about being home daily rituals. Fuck, I totally yeah. space some something, something just came up. But
1: right. mostly it's like my my daily rituals are like you know I do that, but then it's like drop my daughter off at school and i gotta be there to pick her up and then it's just me and her after you know gotta make sure she does her homework and does this and it's cool she likes you know she can't wait it's finally getting warm here again yeah like you know even when it was even when it was like 30 degrees like let's go ride skateboards and i'm sitting there like with gloves and scarves on riding down the street going shit cool, can we go in She's like no
0: did you skate did you skate when you were a kid too
1: yeah, but back then I could Ollie and shit. For yeah. some reason my old man body is like, You're not doing an Ollie. I'll go to do <laughs> it and I'll freeze up and I'm like, well, just do it, man. What's wrong with you? And it's like, I won't do it. My body just stopped.
0: But back in the <laughs> day you skated though you, you skated with Pete in the eighties Yeah, right? I wasn't yeah.
1: I wasn't fantastic at yeah. tricks or anything, but I could, you know, I could hop out onto a curve. I used to love to do truck grinds and that's what we would do. We we find all like in uh our neighborhood in Queens, and at a certain point, they wherever the bus stops were, for some reason, they they put in like a on the curb. They would put a steel uh, beam inside the cement, like right at the edge. I don't know why, but we were all like, "This is awesome!" And we would just do grinds on those all day, all night. Wow, man! I
0: know, and then
1: I know. the neighborhood Guidos would drive by and throw shit at you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you're, you're having fun at something I don't understand, and they throw something at
0: you. One one thing that nobody really knows about you is that you you and your you and Pete you never really claimed straight edge ever, but you guys are pretty much didn't really party in your during your lives, right? You weren't really big parties. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, when we were really young, you know, of course, because growing up in the white trash neighborhood, <laughs> I like, drink beer. You know, that was co- and it really wasn't even the drinking of the beer. It was like I'm gonna buy beer. Yeah, and got away with it. Yeah. You know? And then I remember almost becoming of age to drink. I was like, this shit's fucking boring. Yeah, it's the same thing. I tried stuff. I did stuff. You know, but it was just like it just never clicked with me for that. That kind of stuff just never stuck with me.
0: Yeah, it's cool. But, but yeah, you,
1: especially you never pee, claimed it. Like the most, peace like the most straight edge. You know,
0: and <laughs> and nobody ever <laughs> knew that drink. about it. I'll,
1: I'll drink. Yeah, nobody knows that. And like, I'll drink wine once in a while, but yeah. not, be, not even at his own wedding, he wouldn't drink champagne. It's like, <laughs> I'll have sparkling apple cider. You know? Wow.
0: <laughs> um, and then, final question: Do you have any regrets in life?
1: Ah, uh, sure, everybody. I do too. But you know, just just stupid things, you know. Yeah. Uh you know, like a lot of personal. Like, like, my godson, I wish I had stayed more in touch with him. It wasn't my choice not to speak. Oh, to that's him. right, man. But, that's uh, right. He passed away when he was uh, 20, Damn. and from a heroin overdose.
0: And I remember hearing about it that. It had a
1: lot to do with it. His mother's, uh, you know, I'm not trying to blame her, but she was very free with her lifestyle, of yeah. smoking weed all the time. Yeah, and you know, I'm not again. I have friends that smoke weed and they're perfectly normal. And totally. Happy, but and she was one of those that she could smoke weed and just be happy with her life. But I think it opened it like, oh, well, my mom does that. I can do whatever I want. And he got in. He moved to Long Island, where there's a big heroin. Yeah. Uh, you know craze and then he just and he lost two of his friends and then at the age of 20 he just fucking od'd by accident. fuck
0: man yeah that's brutal man so, we, you know
1: stuff like that yeah wish, wish i could have stayed in his life and tried to keep him from doing that shit or helping him you know
0: yeah were you on tour when that but, happened yeah, what,
1: uh no the weird thing is me and his mother had a falling out so we weren't speaking mm. and uh me and uh uh melissa yeah we're talking about because it was near it was my daughter's birthday yeah and we were like yeah i wonder what logan's doing i miss him and then she went to work the next day and just said you know what she looked him up on facebook and it said and the first thing that she looked him up and the first thing that came up was uh oh obituary for logan bueno and he oh, died like man. The two, a day before Of the funeral was the day before we looked him up and i was so not even just not having me there because we had a a very volatile relationship yeah. at the end. But my mom raised him and raised him good from the age of zero to 10 years old. Fuck. And he used to, you know, he would call me every once in a while and I would go pick him up. Yeah. And his mother would, you know, leave him alone for a weekend. And he would first thing he would do is call me like, hey, uh, I want to come hang out with you. And I would go awesome. pick him up for the weekend. Yeah. And he would always talk to me about my mom. I got him his first skateboard. I got him Fuck. his first, you know. And he was really into skating towards, you know, when he got older. Yeah. And it was cool because when he was 10, he was all into pop music, you know, <laughs> like a little kid, like all the kids in his yeah, class. Yeah, totally. And then when he was 16, he's calling me up going like, you guys are playing with Rancid? Can I come to the show? It was awesome. He was <laughs> back into like punk. And I look at his Facebook and it had like Bad Brains and The Clash and Rancid. Damn. and That's yeah. all
0: you, man. That's crazy. And he had crazy. like all...
1: But he had like all local bands too And bands that went on to become like You know Big band Like he like He was into the plain white T's Before anybody knew who they were You know It's like wow that's weird man Fuck so But I mean, yeah that's my one I'd say out of everything That's probably one of my biggest regrets Is that I didn't I didn't get to stay in his life And try to help him
0: Yeah know? What's crazy but, What's crazy about what, what we What we do And we still get to play music and shit There's like there's People don't understand There's no 401k No retirement playing the music We do it because we love it And Yeah and and that's, and I think that's, I think that people can see that. And that's, that's for me looking at sick of it all for your longevity. People can see the realness of it and you guys love what you do. And, and, uh, that's why I think you continue to still do it and have success because it's, it's your yeah. life. You know what I mean? You dedicated your life to this shit. There's like no looking back. And I respect that man, because I never had a plan B either. And maybe this podcast is my plan B who knows, but I'm um, lucky. <laughs> we're we're just lucky to play like lucky to play music still and do it do. And, um, I want to thank oh, you guys yeah. for that because because of you guys, I got to see the world, I got to meet my wife in D.C. You know, Pete wrote yeah with my love was real with me and all that stuff, five-year plan, and just start my band, which was a total joke. <laughs> my Ar- love is real. I mean, yeah, my mom was a. I mean, Armand was my roadie at my first show, and just like everything, the ball breaking and <laughs> <laughs> all that shit. It was a great time. It was, <laughs> it was good, man. Yeah. It's
1: only it just keeps going.
0: I know it's um It's it's
1: just thing it's it's this thing. Here. Look at us we're still doing what we love. Yeah. And look, we have families. I know, man.
0: I know. It's, it's fucking, crazy. It's crazy. Do you, do you, do you feel like some of the values that you learned from hardcore punk, you instill in your daughter and being a father and stuff? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. She knows it. She's cool. She, yeah. you know, she knows, uh, you know, but she's very, it's weird. She's very sensitive. She doesn't like my, my ball busting.
0: <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> she's
1: very sensitive. I got to I got to you make her tougher. You know who really <laughs> toughened his kids, his kids up with that was Armand. You know him.
2: Mm. Him and his
1: wife are both ball. I have a letter from his daughter. that <laughs> She was eight years old, and she wrote it to me and Melissa. And she wrote about how sometimes mom and dad say stuff that hurt me, and I love it because I always busted out Hey Armand, see this letter your daughter wrote to
0: me. <laughs> so he's ball breaking his kids. That's crazy, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they but now they're like you know they're like him. They're like. Just yeah. Off, his, off their backs. They don't give a shit what anybody
0: says. I guess Arma got his balls broken as a kid then or something. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I <laughs> don't how, how it all goes, but like, but like, I'm, I can imagine. I mean, your daughter, when the first time she's seen you perform too, like, holy shit, my dad sings like that. And it's crazy, man. Like, yeah. and just with their round, because I feel like Max thought that every single person had tattoos and that was normal, and people that didn't weren't normal because that's all he knew growing yeah. up. Like, it's.
1: Remember, how young was he when we were all in Japan together?
0: Like, fucking three or four? Yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah.
1: Jimmy Gestapo was using him to pick up girls. It was great. Jimmy had
0: the, Jimmy <laughs> had the, the fake eye in his forehead. Like, he was calling himself a pirate. And Max has always thought he was a pirate from after he had that fake Thanks. eye on his forehead. That was Dude, that was a crazy shit, too, Japan, man. Fuck, man. We could talk for hours. Yeah. But, um, well, I'm excited you guys have a book coming out. That's fucking awesome. I think the people are really stoked Thanks. on that. Um, and maybe there'll be, like, a... Documentary or something? Who knows, right? never know?
1: Who knows? You know, I think... <laughs> I mean, when they approach us for the book, I understand they want it because, yeah, there's so many books about biographies of bands, but yeah. they need a new angle, so they use the brother angle, you know? Yeah. It's a good you know? angle, though.
0: This fucking... But- you know that on the Misfits, but
1: it's really like it's it should be it's the story of sick of it all told through me and Pete. Yeah, there should be either another book or if they do a real documentary on Sigma all, it has to be all for us because yeah. you know that's what it is. The yeah, four, yeah, for you know,
0: but the that four but, of stupidity, but, the, know? but the Godfather's of Harker documentary, which I love the AF shit. That was kind of like the thing that like goes mm-hmm. like Sigma and Rogers relationship. And I thought that was cool too
1: exactly you know what yeah I mean? and the, and they were you know they were the originators of the the original guys in the band and yeah you know they deserved it that's a great documentary it's i really fucking it, amazing you know? dude yeah, I, I think just... they did an amazing job
0: me too man and uh it's crazy there was and go ahead when
1: when i was watching it and you know the first scene when and you hear the beginning of victim and pain i got goosebumps yeah that was my that was the, i was just like oh shit you know <laughs> It was so good.
0: You know, it's crazy. On that Misfits tour, there were three sets of brothers. It's pretty wild, man. The what? There was H2O, Sick of It All, and Misfits, two brothers in each band. It's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. I doubt yeah. there's been any tour like that after that. Like, with fucking, it's fucking <laughs> crazy, man. Um, all right, well, thank you so much. This well, has been we, a th- go ahead. What are you say?
1: Thanks. Man. No, no, no. I was just going to say, yeah, it's, you know. Pretty we crazy. did the several, several tour and sick of it all tour. And yeah. I remember, I remember at the Seattle riot at the, towards the tail end of it, we were, I would turn to Max. And I go, man, I'm really sorry. And he goes, that's okay, man. Hey, get Pete. We're going to take a picture of the brother. <laughs> <Still> <laughs> a riot going on. And I was like, all right. I got. And that ended up in, uh, it ended up in just look around. And so, oh, that's and right. That, the, the layout.
0: <laughs> that's right. And then, Fuck man I think there's a pussy boy In one of your layouts too man People hit me up About it sometimes Like oh shit I saw that picture Yeah that's the in the
1: Live in a world Live in a world full of hate
0: <laughs> I i got, I actually got a picture Of me Of me shooting rope It's in my butt And it's on the ground Like a rainbow And you're in the It's, it's So it's Come out of my butt Touching the ground it Looks like a string And then you're in the background Like making this I gotta send it to His crazy face dude It's so <laughs> fucking funny man Oh my Where's god When's your book coming out that's I don't I know to man think. I gotta figure that out I feel like this podcast is like a um, oral history slash audio autobi- like um, audio book of my life. Like I don't know, I'm, I'm gonna figure it out someday. But um, <laughs> well, thank you Lou for your time. I love you and I appreciate your friendship. Appreciate you guys uh, taking me under your wing when I was a, a kid. All the ball breaking, all the tough love, and <laughs> and, and all and and everything you guys have done as a band to pave the way for bands like H2O and all my friends' bands and everything. Man, you guys are you guys are a big inspiration and um I'm, I'm uh, proud of you guys. Me. You know how far you guys came. It's awesome.
1: Thank you.
0: All right, bro. And I'm psyched for your book. And uh, if I think of any more questions I missed, I'll call you back in a couple minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right, Lou, thank you, bro. That's some old school shit. It is old school, cool, man. Peace, bro. Couple minutes.
0: <laughs> Bye. Yeah, I'll Bye. see you. Bye. 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 Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review, uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please do that. And whatever platform you are listening to this on. I'm glad you found me. You can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait for you guys to the next one.